Broadcasting from the Young Idea Studios at Guest and Gray, this is KFNY, True Texas Radio. The following program is a presentation of KFNY Sports. Now, you are listening to the home of North 40 Falcons football, KFNY, True Texas Radio. Live, live, live. We are live from Citibank Stadium, live for the FCA Unity Bowl 6. Yes, this is the sixth time that the 40 Jackrabbits and the North 40 Falcons have faced off. And there's been a similar story in all the first the first five games. And that story has been the 40 Jackrabbits coming out victorious. They are 5-0 and in the five previous games, the first five games of the Unity Bowl series against the Falcons. But tonight, things might just end up a little different as these two teams come into this game on very different paths. North Forney clinched the playoffs last week with a monumental win over West Mesquite, adding that to a big win over Poteet a couple weeks before that clinched in the playoff spot. So they already know they're going to playoffs. However, the Forney Jackrabbits, who have faced really just a tough season, riddled with a bunch of injuries that started out with their star player, their best player, who is a Texas Tech commit, getting hurt out for the season. <laughs> at church camp before the season ever started. And that was pretty much the story of Forney's season before it even started as they are not going to playoffs. Their only district win of date is against Royce City in an overtime game. And so these two teams are really coming in at different, different trajectories into this one. And many expect this to be a big, big blowout from the Falcons, much as it has been like Forney the last few years. And being down on the field, Jeremy, before the game, the uh, – one side of the stadium, the away stands are full, they're loud, they're electric, and the home stands, they're just, they're not quite into it, the few that are actually here. I just, I kind of want to get your thoughts from a first Unity Bowl perspective. Man, I've been excited all week about it, especially after our Falcon Spirit Night on Monday night, uh, getting to talk with Coach Weaver and Danny Noah, the area representative for the FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Uh, it just got me even more excited for this game. After understanding really what all else went into this game, you got the canned food drive, you got mascot races, you got a raffle to support FCA. So, so much. Uh, going into this game, but also the, the the origin and the thoughts behind the game. It just really got me excited. And as I said several times this week, I mean, is it Friday yet? You know, we're just really, today seemed to go a lot slower, I guess, because I was really anticipating being here tonight. But I'm excited. I was down on the sideline for a little bit, and that north side definitely feels pretty electric, and they are excited. I got to see when the players first came out um, for their stretches and warm-ups. Kobe Suits leading the pack, just popping up around. Just really excited. They are definitely uh, riding a, a pretty good momentum swing here, especially after a big win over West Mesquite last week. And we will get to some of the stats from that West Mesquite game and kind of give us give you our thoughts and uh, analysis for this game as well here in just a little bit. And I also want to say that we have a very special broadcast this week as this time this week we'll be joined by Hayden Pounds. He is the uh, I mean the owner, the author, the the man in charge for Texas 5A Sports. He runs a couple other di different Twitter pages, uh, but the one we're focused on is the 5A portion of that. He'll be with us all broadcast long, all game long, uh, kind of giving us updated scenarios, playoff scenarios as we go along. He'll kind of let us know, okay, right now this is who we play in the first round if the score is staying the way they are. This might be who we face in the second round if the score is kind of staying the way they are. He'll be here to update us on that. He's, he's a, a, He didn't like me saying he's an encyclopedia, for Texas uh, high school football, but to me, he is. He's way closer to it than I am. 
So we'll have him on uh, in, here in just a minute, and he'll be on with us for the rest of the broadcast. So that ought to be a lot of fun. So we're going to take a step away, and we'll be right back here with the Soul Man's Barbecue pregame show live from Citibank Stadium for the FCA Unity Bowl. Rich, juicy smoked meats. That's the great taste of Texas. For over 40 years, Soul Man's Barbecue has been doing Texas proud. Serving mouth-watering ribs, beef, and sausage nestled up to our mama's sides. Or try our new Soul Bowl, Frito pie that's locked and loaded with smoked pork, sausage, beans, and more. Come in and get your soul full. Soul Man's Barbecue. With 15 Metroplex locations. Soulmans.com. Conveniently located in Terrell, Texas, Award Music has been serving DFW for more than 15 years. They're known for friendly hometown service, sales, rentals, and especially their repairs. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff has experience in repairing a wide range of instruments, and they work hard to get your student back on the field and back in the studio in no time. Call today at 972-524-9995 to see how Award Music can serve you. Once again, that number is 972-524-9995 or find them online at awardmusic.com. As temperatures cool, call Forney Air. Your hometown independent American Standard Air Customer Care dealer is here to make sure you stay comfortable. No matter the temperature outside, Forney Air can help. Give them a call at 214-924-9745 to schedule an appointment and let their expert technicians keep your system in tip-top condition. That number once again is 214-924-9745. That's Forney Air at 214-924-9745 or find them online at forneyairandheat.com. Hey y'all, this is Will Riggs and I want to tell you about Young Ideas, your dish authorized retailer. At Young Ideas, they believe in the power of listening. They believe it so much that Dish is the first TV provider to partner with another great listener, Amazon Alexa. Now you can easily tell Alexa to do things like find your favorite show, search for movies, or play your team's game without ever touching a remote. To learn more, call Young Ideas today at 903-560-9150. We're local and tuned into you. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Young Ideas at 903-560-9150. You are listening to the home of North Forney Falcons football. KFNY. True Texas Radio. Welcome back to the Soul Man's Barbecue pregame show. So Wally and Jaren are now we are joined by none other than Hayden Pounds, who runs Texas 5A Sports on Twitter. He'll be with us for the rest of the broadcast. He might even join in for some of the playoffs if we can. Uh, if you get far enough. If we get far enough. Oof, man, that's some strong, oh, hot sports opinions. I think you That's what he's here for. That's what he's here for. Okay, so let's go ahead and route the bat. Uh, Hayden, since we uh, we know we're going to playoffs, you know, win or lose in this game, it, it really has – well, let me go ahead and ask you, win or lose for this game, does it make any difference to, to North Forney? Um, not really. Like, in all likelihood, North Forney is going to be the bottom seed in the Division Two playoffs because of their loss to Lovejoy earlier in the season. There is a chance that they could be the top seed if they win tonight and Roy City beats Lovejoy, but I think Lovejoy is quite a bit better team than Roy City is. Yeah, Lovejoy's played uh, the last their last three or four weeks have been really good, including a, a win at home against North Forney just a few weeks ago. Uh, they've backed that up with a, another a win last week uh, as well. So they're they're pretty much locked in. So what it, what is it looking like as far as the first round goes for us? Who are some of the opponents we can play, and ha- who, how would we play them depending on what plays out? All right, so there are um, 15-5A will play 16-5A in the first round, and 16-5A is consists of 
Marshall High School, Texas High, Pine Tree, Greenville, Suffolk Springs, Hallsville, and Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant and Hallsville have already been eliminated from the playoffs, and Marshall and Texas are both confirmed Division One playoff teams. So the teams that they could play are Pine Tree High School and Longview, Texas, Sulphur Springs High School, and Greenville. Um, Sulphur, Pine Tree has already clinched the playoffs, so Sulphur Springs and Greenville are fighting for a playoff spot tonight. Sulphur Screen, Springs will make the playoffs if they, with just a win over Hallsville tonight, or if they lose, they need for Mount Pleasant to beat Greenville and to also not have lost by more than 11 points to Hallsville. So they're in the tie-breaking scenario. They could be in the tie-breaking scenario that we were hoping North Forney would stay out of, and they did with the win last week against West Mesquite. Now, what is the most? who is the most likely opponent out of those three that we might play in the first round? Um, in most of these scenarios, Pine Tree is the team that you'd face. But I think in the most likely scenario, because Greenville plays Mount Pleasant, Sulphur Springs plays Hallsville, Texas plays um, Pine Tree, I think Greenville's going to win, Sulphur Springs is going to win, and Texas is going to win. That's the most likely scenario. And in that case, if North Forney is the bottom seed like we think they will be, they'll play uh, Sulphur Springs. Now, okay. Sulphur Springs is a, a pretty storied program. Uh, got some uh, Chuck King was there for a long time, long time coach there, did a really good job there. Uh, been separated from there for about four or five years, so they're not quite the powerhouse they used to be, but but historically a pretty good program. Yeah, and Sulphur Springs, like like he said, was probably the, would be the most likely of those. Uh, Sulphur Springs and Greenville, kind of the, towards the same area, and then who the Pine Tree was the other one you were saying could be. Yes, Pine. And Pine Tree. Tree's you know a Longview school, so that's a little further out. So. What are some of the possible destinations that we might see in a neutral site game? Because we did talk to Coach Jackson, and, and if it is Sulphur Springs, who's the most likely? They're already talking about wanting to do a home-and-home home flip, flip of the coin, and basically whoever won that coin toss would get to host a home game. Uh, North Forney is not really interested in that. They don't mind going and playing a neutral site game anywhere. They feel like they can go on the road. And I mean, they went to Highlander Stadium and played those guys. They beat Poteet at Memorial. They feel like they can pretty much go anywhere, especially a neutral site game and play their best game. So for Springs, probably being the underdog, doesn't quite feel as confident. They would really like to have their, their home field behind them. And they've got a new stadium that it's, it's pretty nice too. So what are some of the possible likely destinations in the event of a neutral site game? Well, I know when we were talking to Coach Jackson before the game, he had mentioned that he had wanted to play on Thursday at the Allen Eagle Stadium against Sulphur, or if it were Sulphur Springs. But it doesn't seem like Sulphur, Sulphur Springs wants to be a part of that. But I imagine if they face Greenville, it'll be a the most likely would be Roy City because it's kind of right in the middle. And I, I kind of felt the same way about Sulphur Springs if they were to play a neutral game. But, you know, with all that going on, I'm not sure. Um, well, okay, keep going, keep going. And in the case of Pine Tree, Longview's quite – it's farther away than the other two schools. So I imagine – I, I kind of thought Lindale would be a good stadium. Like, this is just speculation. I don't really – um, I don't have any confirmed things. We won't really know until tomorrow. If you're not right about any of this, you're not coming back on here. Yeah, you're just done. so you know. You're done. Okay. <laughs> no, that's that makes a lot of sense being in Lindell. Lindell's, you know, they got a pretty nice little stadium themselves, uh, and that is probably about almost halfway between here and Longview, so that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Just looking at the crowd out here tonight, I don't know that the Lindale away stands is going to be enough to hold the amount of people that are out <laughs> here if this if all these people travel. Well, then let's hope that we would have the home stands. <laughs> I don't know if many of the East Texas schools, as you go down uh, I-20, except perhaps maybe Marshall, of course, Tyler even, one, maybe. Yeah, could hold that, that North Forney crowd. Now, how far do you, off the top of your head, any either one of you, how far is Longview from Tyler? 
30 minutes. About 30 minutes. Yeah. So that'd be a lot closer to them than it would be to yeah. us. But that, that might still be an option. Uh, they got, of course, they got Tyler Rose Stadium out there that, that's really big, yeah, that's really, really nice. nice. Yeah. So they, yeah, that's some of the possible playoff destinations uh, for the first round. Of course, looks like Sulphur Springs is the most likely, but it's not a lock to play those guys. And if that were to be the case, like we said, the Sulphur Springs head coach really wants to flip the coin and try to have the home game there. Uh, coach Jackson, the Falcons, are they're pretty set on having that neutral site game. And I thought it was interesting that Coach Jackson did say, Allen, I, I didn't even thought about that. And I, I, would, I, would, I, guess I would assume that the thought process would, behind that would be to have those guys and go, I guess to have the Falcons go out and play at a big stadium first round to kind of get some of the playoff jitters out of the way. You're playing at a big place that you would be pretty heavily favored in instead of going, you know, hey, let's go. If we go out and play Lindale or even at Roy City the first game, we've played there before. We've played at those schools. And then the next week, you turn around, if you have to play a Frisco team either at the Star or at uh, AT&T Stadium, just the thought of playing a game that big on a, on a stage that big, it might be it might be a little troublesome for a team that's still new to winning and playing on that big of a stage. But if you play in Allen the first week, a big stadium like that with the lights on like that, I think it might help. I, I think that might be the thought process behind that uh, without knowing for sure. And that might be why Sulphur Springs is kind of battling that a little bit because uh, although they do have a new stadium, it, it's not Allen. And so, and and also too geographically, it's kind of an, a little bit of an outlier. You know, Allen is compared to Sulphur Springs and, and North Forney. So maybe they're wanting something a little bit more in between the, the two schools geographically. Um, who knows? But I guess like Hayden said, we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, it won't take long. That's what they're supposed to get together tomorrow and either do a coin flip or decide on neutral or whatever it might be. They'll, they'll, they'll take care of that tomorrow. And like I said, it's no lock that we even play Sulphur Springs. You know, things could happen. So Sulphur Springs might not even <laughs> – they're not a lock, are they? They're not already in. No, I think Greenville can take their spot if they beat Mount Pleasant and Hallsville loses to Sulphur Springs tonight. Yeah, or Hallsville beats Sulphur Springs. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, see, but that's a game, though, that, fa you know, statistically looking, it looks like Sulphur Springs is pretty highly favored in that game, right? Yeah, but um, Hallsville uh, played Texas High last week, and they almost upset them, and Texas was a huge favorite in that one. Wow. So Hallsville – and it's – it's their last game of the year. They know it. You know, they might be coming out like, I don't know, it's a lot of their players' last games of their career, so they're going to have a little extra fire, and they might, you know, they might be wanting to play spoiler. Maybe they got some. And I think uh, um, Sulphur Springs would be an interesting first-round opponent to play because I know in baseball season last year, North Forney played Sulphur Springs in the first round, and Sulphur Springs ended their season. And also in boys' basketball, they played Sulphur Springs in the first round, and Sulphur Springs ended North Forney's basketball mm. season last year. So I think a little bit of retribution would be nice to have. Well, see, that, that kind of brings it back. I graduated from Forney and went there in 07, but before that even, I think it was maybe the 2001, 2002, maybe it was 2000 season even, uh, Forney had a really good football team. They are you know, top five in the state, went all the way to the state championship game and got beat in a really close one by LaGrange. And then come around the spring, Forney has a really good baseball team, top five in the state. They go all the way to the state championship game, uh, state championship series. And they get beat by LaGrange for the state championship once again. So it, it could happen. And, and how ironic would it be for basketball, baseball, and football all to play Sulphur Springs. And hopefully it would be a lot different this time around for the football team. Uh, real quick, Hayden, uh, what about this district? What about District 15? We know that North Forney's in, uh, but run us, and we know that Highland Park's in. Run us through kind of the other scenario, the other teams and what they look like going in. All right, so like you said, Highland Park and North Forney have both clinched. Uh, the teams that are still alive in the district are West Mesquite, Poteet, and uh, Lovejoy, and only two of those teams can make the playoffs. Uh, Lovejoy clinches the playoffs if they beat Roy City. If 
And also, if uh, Forney beats North Forty tonight, or if West Mesquite beats Poteet, and even if all those go against their way, Poteet would still have to win by 12 or more to knock out um, Lovejoy. So Lovejoy is almost a lock. It, a disaster would have to happen for Lovejoy to miss out on the playoffs. And if Lovejoy did miss out on the playoffs, um, North Forney would move to that uh, top seed in Division Two because Poteet would be the bottom. Uh, West Mesquite makes the playoffs if they beat Poteet or if North Forney beats Forney and Roy City beats Lovejoy. So pretty much if, um, if Lovejoy beats Roy City like we think they will, West Mesquite and Poteet is essentially a playing game. So pretty much whoever, really whoever wins, those two games are going to playoffs. It's kind of a win and you're in. Lovejoy wins, they're in no matter what. Yes. And if West Mesquite wins, they're in no matter what. Yes, right? Poteet's the only team that needs a little bit of help. Okay. So Poteet's on the outside looking in right now. Okay, well, there it is. That's that's your District 15 playoff outlook. That's also your District 16 5 outlook. Who will be – that will be the district that North Forney gets matched up in the first round regardless of whoever we play. So who does it look like Highland Park? Do you have their first-round opponent maybe? Uh, the Highland Park opponent has already been decided. They're going to play uh, Texas High in Texarkana. Not in Texarkana, but they'll figure out where they're going to play. That's you know. a that's another storied program. I know they've gone through a coaching change this year. That's Ryan Mallett. That's where he went to school and, and got some great athletes there. I believe they lost a, a player earlier in the season, um, so a lot of uh, an emotional year for them. But that might be an interesting game for sure. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about the West Mesquite game last week and how big, big that win was. And then we'll also go ahead and set up uh, the Forney North Forney matchup, the Unity Bowl number six, FCA Unity Bowl number six. It's right here on the Soul Man's Barbecue pregame show. Rich, juicy smoked meats. That's the great taste of Texas. For over 40 years, Soul Man's Barbecue has been doing Texas proud. Serving mouth-watering ribs, beef, and sausage nestled up to our mama's sides. Or try our new Soul Bowl, Frito pie that's locked and loaded with smoked pork, sausage, beans, and more. Come in and get your soul full. Soul Man's Barbecue. With 15 Metroplex locations. Soulmans.com. Conveniently located in Terrell, Texas, Award Music has been serving DFW for more than 15 years. They're known for friendly hometown service, sales, rentals, and especially their repairs. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff has experience in repairing a wide range of instruments, and they work hard to get your student back on the field and back in the studio in no time. Call today at 972-524-9995 to see how Award Music can serve you. Once again, that number is 972-524-9995 or find them online at awardmusic.com. As temperatures cool, call Forney Air. Your hometown independent American Standard Air Customer Care dealer is here to make sure you stay comfortable. No matter the temperature outside, Forney Air can help. Give them a call at 214-924-9745 to schedule an appointment and let their expert technicians keep your system in tip-top condition. That number once again is 214-924-9745. That's Forney Air at 214-924-9745 or find them online at ForneyAirAndHeat.com. Hey y'all, this is Will Riggs and I want to tell you about Young Ideas, your dish authorized retailer. At Young Ideas, they believe in the power of listening. They believe it so much that Dish is the first TV provider to partner with another great listener, Amazon Alexa. Now you can easily tell Alexa to do things like find your favorite show, search for movies, or play your team's game without ever touching a remote. To learn more, call Young Ideas today at 903-560-9150. We're local and tuned in to you. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Young Ideas at 903-560-9150. 
You are listening to the home of North Forney Falcons football, KFNY, True Texas Radio. All right, we are back at Citibank Stadium for the Soul Man Barbecue Free Game Show. Uh, we've got just a few more minutes left here before kickoff gets around here. Uh, both, both teams, cheerleaders and uh, drill team are out on the field. Actually, yeah, I mean, everybody's out on the field. Uh, the, the tents are set up, the run-through tunnels, I guess you could say. Uh, man, I wish we had something cool like that when I was at Forney, the big jackrabbit. That, it looks like you just run through the whole blow-up like itself. Like they're the, it's the banner. Of course, the North Forney's got their falcon, their big blue falcon that they run out from under. Uh, but let's get to the game last week, Jaron. And uh, we've also got Hayden here, too, if he wants to jump in. He, he can feel free to. Uh, man, that win was so big last week against West Mesquite for so many different reasons. Uh, the main thing being, hey, that clinch playoffs, that means we're in. You know, whether you – that gives you some freedom to coach a little bit differently this week, not that they would. From everybody I talked to, whether it be Coach Jackson, uh, a couple of the other coaches and players, it's going to be just they, – they're going to approach this game just like every single other game, meaning if it comes down to it and they need to show some trick plays, hey, they'll show some trick plays. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll play this like any other game, like they need to win it to, to move on. But this does give you that freedom. That's number one, you clinched. Number two is that you've never beaten West Mesquite. You've never beaten a program like that. I mean, even a couple of weeks before against Poteet, Poteet was a good team. They are a good team. They're a historic team. But not quite on the level that West Mesquite is. You know, I was talking to Coach Jackson uh, last week at Talent Talk before we went on, and he was saying that the years that he was at Poteet, they never beat West Mesquite. So, I mean, West Mesquite was even on another level uh, than, than Poteet was, and he were able to knock them off and do it pretty impressively. And it was just such a big win for so many reasons. And I'm so happy and so proud of these kids. And that, that win last week, just if, it, if I wasn't sold before, that, that win last week did it for me for sure. Well, you know, as we progress through the week, you know, the first big one that they seemed to really celebrate really well was uh, the game against Poteet. You know, hey, you know, we beat a Mesquite school. Okay, we're, you know, or excuse me, Wiley East, Wiley East. Your district opponent, uh, you know, and to beat them with such a high score, of course, it, you know, kind of a narrow gap there because towards the end of the game is 70-65. But then they go and, and play Poteet and defeat Poteet there at Memorial. Big-time game, and, and they were got excited about that, that game for sure. But that win against West Mesquite last week, you could just see it on their faces. You could see the excitement, see the enthusiasm. They dumped the water on Coach Jackson. I mean, I tell you, you could just see this really sense of pride and, and focus and celebration on the players' faces and, and even in the, the stands. It was just a really neat thing to witness. Yeah, speaking of that Poteet game, me and Hayden were, talk, were telling Coach Jackson before the game, uh, Hayden, you know, told him, yeah, he, he well, contacted me right after the Poteet game on the way home, and that's that's when he was sold. And I was like, yeah, you know, that, that kind of was. You know, that's that's when it really woke me up. This this could be a really good team, and they could really do a lot of things. And then, like I said, just West Mesquite just kind of almost reiterated that. I mean, they were right back on it to be able to beat a team that is that good defensively, that came out with that much – Swagger and intensity that they were able to uh, to match it, you know, and, and kind of be a play above that. It was really impressive. Uh, they were able to shut down West Mesquite's passing game, which was also pretty impressive. Not that they have a very good passing game, but knowing that they can run the ball, you had to shut down that passing game because you knew they were going to get their yards on the ground. And Connor Neal only threw for 113 yards. Curtis Williams was was as, as good as advertised. Uh, you know, I, coach was telling me that he asked the coaching staff last week after the game who he, uh, who they thought was the better running back between Curtis Williams and Corbin Johnson, and he said it was split right down the middle, 50-50 pretty much. So, yeah, he was he was every bit as advertised to be playing really good. He had 166 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, and then Ty Jordan was pretty good as well, 12 carries, 69 yards. 
Uh, North Forney looked really great as well. Calvin got back to Calvin's running ways. Uh, I'll talk about a little bit about him. I got to talk to him before the game as well for, for quite a while. and uh, So I'll, we'll kind of mention that as we go along. But he rushed for 151 yards. Colby had another 70 yards on the ground. He had both rushing touchdowns. Colby also threw for 256 yards through the air. And it was a pretty spread out effort receiving-wise. A couple of receivers had over 50 yards. Mayfield Jr. had four for 51. Ennels had three for 63 and a touchdown. Uh, and then Jaden Barral had the big game, five for 120 and a touchdown as well. So it was really impressive all the way around. They were able to, against a really good West Mesquite defense, who in some regards were the best defense in the state, but by far the best defense in the district, they put up 50 on them, and they did it relatively easy, too. You know, it took them a couple possessions to get it going, but once they did, it was downhill from there, and North Forney kind of put it on them the rest of the game. You know, I thought it was an incredible game. And, you know, although Curtis Williams did, uh, you know, get 100, I think, which is 60-something yards, but uh, they contained him pretty good for his average. You know, he was averaging, I believe, almost 250 coming into the game, was 1,200-plus, um, you know, yards coming into the game. So I thought, especially compared to their some of their defensive efforts against Corbin Johnson, you know, in the Wiley East game, and again I think that goes back to that switch to that four three. You know, we were even talking with one of the coaches earlier that, man, if the, how the defense is playing now, if you put that against Highland Park, man, that would have been a, an even better game than it already was. But uh, containing Curtis Williams, and we talked before the game and said you're going to have to force him if they were going to beat North Forty, it was going to be through the air. Obviously, that didn't happen. They were able to contain that as well. Well, there's one guy for 40 that I think that, that, that the Falcons' defense has to really watch out for. And if they can limit him, you know, it, I think that it really will set the, the tone for the entire game. I think that, that the Falcons should be okay. And that is the quarterback, Devin Rideau. Rideau has, uh, in last week's game, he had 469 yards passing and five touchdowns. And this is a guy who is the epitome of a dual-threat quarterback. Uh, he's got over a thousand yards, or he's got over 800 yards rushing on the season, uh, and a bunch of touchdowns to go along with that. He is their offense. After they lost Jalen Hutchings to start the season before the season started, uh, he, they were kind of the one-two punch. Last year, they they killed uh, the, the Falcons' defense. Just those two guys hammering away all game long. The Falcons just didn't have an answer for it. This year, it looks to be more just Devin Rideau, and out of the, they had 579 yards total last week, and he threw for 469 of them for the, with those five touchdowns. But on the other side of that, Forney gave up 600-plus yards against Wiley East, which Wiley East has a good offense. We know that. Corbin Johnson's amazing. But the key stat that I, that we talked about this on Monday night, Jaron, is that they gave up 345 yards passing, and that was key. That was huge because Wiley East doesn't pass the ball. Well, they have a sophomore quarterback who I believe is going to be good in the years to come. You know, he, he was a lefty, I believe, and, and made some good plays while they were here uh, at Citibank taking on North Forney. But, yeah, I mean, we never saw that as just a huge threat, you know, part because Corbin Johnson was being so effective, that running so effectively that night. But, uh, yeah, very surprising stat, and that perhaps showed some vulnerabilities that we may see exploited tonight. Yeah, and that's I think that was the key – stat for me when I looked at the Forney game last week against Wiley East uh, because we know if there's one thing North Forney can do it's aired out whether it's to Jordan Carroll whether it's uh, the last few weeks it's been Corey Mayfield Jr. Barral had a big game last week we know the touchdown ability that Ennels uh, has we've seen that you know one-handed highlight reel catches before uh, Barkley Ford's a big target as well Corey Johnson even gets in there a little bit too so they can really air it out and I wonder after seeing that those stats last week against the Forney defense 
you know, we talked, we've talked before about how sometimes Nordy Forney will game plan for certain schools like they did against Roy City. They knew that Roy City would want to come out and stop the run. So how did they start the game? Five wide receivers, empty back set, and they used uh, Colby to throw and run. That's kind of how they, they outmaneuvered Roy City there. I wouldn't be shocked if, if Forney, if they, if they start out and air it out, but you never know. They could run the ball too. I mean, they got Calvin, and you could always lean on number 34. I think they're going to score quick, you know, especially with the rivalry game. And, and you know, Forney's coming in. Um, obviously not making playoffs, but so they have nothing to lose. They're going to lay everything out. you got some seniors on this field they are going to lay everything they have. We'll probably see Forney play their best game of the season. Uh, this is a very important game to them. And so they want to play spoiler, although North Forney's in, still getting to get the bragging rights of, hey, we beat, you know, North Forney for so many years in a row. So they're going to put everything they have on the field. But um, I think North Forney's going to come out and score quick. Try to get into the uh, the minds maybe, and and kind of uh, kind of jump out on quick against Forney. And then I think we'll see uh, you know trails away there. I mean, <laughs> well, and they just had the coin toss. North Forney won, and they elected to receive. We saw that last week with West Mesquite. They want to get their their best. There's no doubt. And there's no question. North Forney's best side of the ball is their offense. Their offense is one of the best in all of the state scoring wise. And their defense is good. We think they're good, but not not at the level that their offense is. And so I think Coach Jackson really wants to get that offense out there, get them on the field, and get them going. Let me make a prediction. One of their first two plays will be a throw to the outside. I would say Jordan Carroll, but I'm thinking they might go one of the other guys, maybe Corey Mayfield Jr., on the outside perimeter, one of their first two plays. You know, I, it, there's, a def, there's a guaranteed shot. I agree that they're going to take a deep shot down the field, maybe a little play. You know, maybe they run it with Rivera first. Set up that play action and then take that shot deep. That's they love doing that, and it'll be. It wouldn't be a shocker at all. What's your prediction, Hayden? Uh, well, something I want to see tonight is you know that uh, North Forney has the number one state or number one offense in the state of Texas in terms of scoring. They put up about 54 points a game, which is more than any other team in the state. But however, on the defensive side of the ball, or at least in terms of allowing points, um, there's not a team in Texas that has already clinched the playoffs that has given up more points than North Forney has. So North Forney's, like, in terms of giving up points, is, it hasn't been great. And something that I want to see tonight is, uh, as an outsider is to see North, North uh, Forney's defense really shut out Forney and prove that they can hang with, like, if you the deeper you go in the playoffs, it's the harder it's going to be with you when you give up points. Like, the good part of being having the best offense in the state is you're going to be able to hang with anybody. But the further you go, you're, want, you're going to want to have a reliable defense, you know, that allow you to, like, if you commit a turnover every once in a while, you know, you want to have. Well, and that's why, we, you know, North Forney made that switch after the second district game. It's Highland, it was after the Highland Park. It was after Park Highland Park because we had Wiley break. East the first week and Wiley East put up 63 points on yeah. us. Yeah. We beat them 70-63. Wiley East should not have put They should not have. They should not have. And that was they're, a big, that was a big key. They're not a very good team this year. And that was, I think, it, it was more that game, I think, than the Highland Park game, if you're taking each one of them, to, to really make them come up with a change defensively. I think they, they, they wanted to stick with their plan. You know, that's how coaches are. That's how, you know, hey, we've got this game plan. We need to execute it. And I think after the Highland Park game, it's okay, this just isn't working. But I think it was more about the Wiley East game because, like you said, Wiley East should have never have done that to this defense. And I think if they were to play him now that now that they've switched they've, uh, to the 4-3 and added some different guys from the offensive side to play defense, I don't think it would happen. But it was after the Highland Park the game they changed it, and their defense has been totally different ever since. And they had a bye week that week too, so it gave them some extra time to make those changes. And, yeah, I, I would be interested to, to see what that average is from, you know, after the bye week on because, uh, you know, you hold – Petit, which is a, a, a you know pretty historically prolific offense, 
you know, defense. The, both defenses played a very good game, especially with the first half on that game. And, of course, you, you contain West Mesquite pretty well. Uh, Lovejoy, what, the game was in the low 40s, I think, which compared to the other games is pretty low. So, All right, we've got the national anthem. That means we are just moments away from kickoff here at the FCA Unity Bowl number six. I'm telling you, as a, a newcomer to Forney, I'm excited about this game. And I know, Hayden, you're not a Forneyite, if that's a, a phrase or a term. So I know you're excited to see it from an, as an outsider's point of view as well. Yeah, I wanted to get you out here and see, have you kind of feel it. You know, I, I haven't even been a part of this that often, even though I went to Forney because when I graduated, there wasn't a North Forney around, you know, and I've been back here calling games since starting last year, uh, and it was a cool vibe. This year is the first time ever coming in that I, I know of that North Forney should win, you know, that everybody expects them to win. And it's a lot different vibe. I mean, you look across to see the stands over there. I can tell you right now there's not been a – even Highland Park, any of the Mesquites, nobody brings has a fan base. And obviously I know it's here, but it's just such a, a, a stark contrast looking over there and seeing – the away stands being absolutely packed. So what are your thoughts? How, how's your first Unity Bowl here? Yeah, I, after the national anthem, I could tell it's it's electric here. Um, it's something that when I was in high school, I went to Fossil Ridge. This was like, to us, this was, Keller was our big rivalry game, and it's a lot like that. And I love I love rivalry games. It's, I love the electricity that's in the air. Um, and really, you can't really bet on uh, rivalry games because both teams want to show something, you know. Like, even though North Forney's the favorite, Forney's going to give it everything they got. Well, and that's something that Coach Jackson told us all, all week long, where there's talent talk or just talking to him outside of that, that, that North Forney – or that Forney is going to give they're, – they're going to play their best game and give it their best shot. And uh, I expect nothing less from the from the historic, prideful Jackrabbits. And that one's going to be kicked off and bounced and picked up at the 12-yard line, right along the right sideline. That's Corey Johnson trying to go around the left, all the way reversing it. He's going to get dropped right at the 12-yard line, so no gain on the return, and the Falcons will start Unity FCA Unity Bowl number six from their own 12-yard line. That was a real interesting squib kick. It actually went, <laughs> it kind of hugged the sideline the whole time. I thought it was going to go out, but it didn't. And, and so Corey Johnson probably made a smart move in scooping it up, but because it took so long to get down there, the Forney coverage team was able to get down pretty quick and, and contain Johnson. But once again, like I said, if, if you hear the third voice and you're like, who is that? That's Hayden Pounds. He runs Texas 5A Sports. He'll be with us all night long to kind of give us updated scenarios as we go along. A little bit of a weird look from the Falcons offense. They throw it out to Barclay Ford. He was lined up 
out wide to the left, but also about five yards behind the line of scrimmage. He's going to have a first down as he gets out to the 25-yard line. I tell you, as much as we try to predict these guys in their offense, they always pull up something new. It's, it's pretty fun to watch. It's going to be weird seeing the Falcons on the other sideline, too. I'm, I'm not used to that at all. <laughs> Two receivers to the left. That's the short side of the field. And the receiver wide to the right. Kobe drops back. He's looking, looking down the left sideline. He's got Jordan Carroll, but he's going to overthrow him. Carroll had a step on the defender at the Jackrabbit 40-yard line, and it's about two yards too far. Second down and 10 now from the 25. Of course, North Forney backs to the line of scrimmage quickly again. Colby in the shotgun. He's got Ribera as the running back to his left. He'll fake the handoff to him. They pick up the blitz. He's looking deep again. Down the sideline, we got a flag in the middle of the field at the 50-yard line. Pass is incomplete, intended for Jaden Burrell. Very see. similar play to what he threw to Jordan. Yeah, pretty much the exact same play. Looks like we're going to have an illegal substitution on the Jackrabbits. So that will help out now. Uh, that will move the Falcons up five yards. Changes your third down uh, play call a little bit, especially with Calvin in the backfield with you. Well, we'll see. That might – that should make it back to second down, wouldn't it? Was that second You're right. Down? It would repeat. Okay, I was just making sure because yeah. they did have three up on the, uh, right. the, the it, side. Okay. It would be a repeat of second down. So second and five. Ball's on the left. Hash two receivers to that short side of the field. Connor sides the receiver on the far right. Kobe takes the snap, fakes the handoff once again. He's looking down the left sideline. This time it's intended for Corey Mayfield Jr., who's running a deep post route. Well defended, incomplete. And now that will bring up third and five from the Falcon 30-yard line. Uh, looks like the uh, Falcons just having a little, little bit of issue just as far as uh, ball placement and the route running, but I know they'll that'll settle down and they'll connect as the game progresses. Barclay Ford now. They haven't been playing a whole lot of offense. He's moved to the outside. Two receivers to each side now. Facing a big third down. Fake the handoff. Now Kobe fakes the throw, and he's going to take off with it. He's got room to run. He's across the 40-yard line. Finally gets brought down by one foot, but he does have the first down out near the 46-yard line, the 41-yard line. I'm not sure if that was designed Kobe run, but he saw a great opening there. And spreading those guys out, two receivers on each, really opened up the middle of the field. Yeah, he looked left to throw, and it looked like it was covered, so he just took off and it was a smart read. This time he's going to hand off to Ribera. Ribera puts his head down, gets out near the 50-yard line. That's a gain of eight on the play all the way out to the 48. So you got Carroll and Ford lined up on the right side. Corey Mayfield Jr. and Barral on the left side. Ball's on the left, Tash. Kobe will hand it off again to Ribera. Ribera puts his head down, gets past the line of scrimmage, gets the first down, and is tackled as he crosses midfield, and he gets down to the 47. This will be another Falcon first down. Of course, there's a lot of big things going on tonight. We have a mascot race. I think it's at the end, hopefully at the end of the first quarter. We'll stay here for that because I'm going to call that live. It's a lot of fun to call live. Colby's in the shotgun all by himself, and it looks like we're going to get a timeout from the Jackrabbits. So confusion on the Forney side. Ten and a half minutes to play in the first quarter. We are all knotted up at zero apiece. You're listening to KFY Sports, True Texas Radio. Your next new car is waiting for you at Musser Chevrolet in Terrell. Musser's has been in business since 1962, making great deals on new and pre-owned cars and trucks. They also offer top-of-the-line automotive service by trained technicians with the most current diagnostic and repair equipment available. And they'll even offer you a free loan car while your GM car is serviced. Visit Musser Chevrolet today for your new Chevrolet or quality pre-owned vehicle. Musser Chevrolet is at 1212 Westmore Avenue in Terrell.
first and 10 for the Falcons as they are at the Jackrabbit 47-yard line. Corny coming off a timeout as they went, the Falcons went empty back set. Only Colby was the only player in the backfield. And it caused a little confusion on the Jackrabbit side, so they call a timeout to discuss things over. Ten and a half to play in the first quarter. Neither team has scored. Falcons got the ball to start the game. They started from their own 12-yard line, and now here they are. And we're going to get a whistles before the play just uh, for a simple <laughs> little white balloon that drops out at the 50-yard line right behind the offense. And the referee wasted no time in popping that sucker. <laughs> and now we'll get back to action. Two receivers to the left, three to the right. Colby all alone in the backfield. Now he'll bring Corey Mayfield Jr. in motion from right to left. He'll hand it off to him around the jet sweep to the left side. He's got a five, six, almost seven yards down to the 40-yard line. Nice little jet sweep. We haven't seen that in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks. I know you mentioned that they ran it a few times against Lovejoy. Wasn't just super successful. We saw him run it a lot in the previous game. I believe that was Roy City. Again, two receivers to the left side and three to the right. That means Colby's by himself. Takes the snap. He draws back. He's looking right, looking right. He's got a man over the middle of the field. This Barclay forward, well defended, thrown a little bit behind forward on his back hip. And a great coverage that time by number 11 for the Jackrabbits, Allen Littleton. Now, injury-wise, I did hear that Devin Beeman was back, which is a, a huge thing for the Falcons. But it looks like Ray Yates is not playing. I saw him throwing the ball around earlier, and I don't see him on the field. Yeah, I wonder if that is any type of injury or maybe, you know, who knows what that might be. Pass is complete to Corey Mayfield Jr. He's got room to run down the middle of the field, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Falcons and North Forney strikes first. Just a little simple slant route. He lined up in the right slot. Kobe hit him right in the stride. He turned up the field. Nobody was in between him and the end zone, and he raced all the way for the touchdown. It looks like Forney might have been getting a little cocky in some of their defense back coverages. You saw him do some a little bit of celebrating, which is okay, you know, but uh, you know the offense for North Forney was able to pick that apart. 9.49 to play in the first quarter, and Kobe's going to take the direct snap and go for two. He's pushing the pile, pushing the pile, still on his feet into the end zone. Two-point conversion is good. So that puts it to eight to nothing. Falcons on top with 9.49 to play in quarter number one. You're listening to KFNY Sports True Texas Radio. Hello, Goonville, Texas. This is Tracy Gray of Guest and Gray Attorneys at Law. Hard work, determination, teamwork. These traits are the backbone of any successful organization. These words also describe this year's North Forney Falcons football team. That is why everyone at Guest and Gray supports Coach Randy Jackson and the Goons. We also wish the best of luck this school year to all North Forney educators, students, and parents. Go Falcons! Conveniently located in Terrell, Texas, Award Music has been serving DFW for more than 15 years. They're known for friendly hometown service, sales, rentals, and especially their repairs. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff has experience in repairing a wide range of instruments, and they work hard to get your student back on the field and back in the studio in no time. Call today at 972-524-9995 to see how Award Music can serve you. Once again, that number is 972-524-9995 or find them online at awardmusic.com. Be sure to download our free mobile app, now available on iTunes and Google Play. This is KFNY, True Texas Radio. Ain't nothing the Falcons lead. Carlos Rodriguez is going to kick this one deep. He's going to fill it at the five-yard line there by Forney. Right up across the 20-yard line, but that's about it. Not much more than that as a host of Falcons bring him down. As it gets out to about the 21-yard line, 
I really enjoyed talking to Carlos on Falcon Spear Night on Monday. Uh, I really admire the way he works, the way he kicks, and just a, a, it was really a great, respectful young man to talk to. You know, we haven't got to see much of his leg, especially in the field goal game. I mean, they don't attempt many field goals as it is. Uh, but if they have, it has they have been very short field goals, mainly just extra points. Maybe at some point we might have to see his leg get tested out. So Forney will start out from their own 21-yard line. Empty back set. Draws back, and he's going to run out of the pocket. Got a little room to run across the 25. He was pressured in the backfield by a couple of Falcons. But Rideau was able to get out and make something happen for a gain of six. I tell you, having Beeman back on the middle of that defensive line and really anchor it is huge and because that allows Willie Thomas to play back that inside linebacker position that he's uh, just so comfortable in. Yeah, of course, uh, last week Willie Thomas, who's, like Jaron said, the, usually the middle linebacker because Devin Beeman was out, probably their best defensive lineman in the defensive tackle spot. Willie Thomas came down and played that defensive tackle spot and played it pretty well. Now Rodeau will take the snap. He'll keep it himself. He's going to roll out with an option to the left side. Across the 30-yard line, all the way out across the 35. And that is Austin Ream, who plays some receiver and running back. And that's good for a Jackrabbit first down. The Falcons haven't played a lot of opponents that ran that, that read option this year. They did play Carrollton Creekview, who that was kind of what they, that triple option was what they ran. And they contained it well. Forney back in the shotgun again. Three receivers to the right, one to the left. The running back is to the left of Rideau. In motion from right to left comes Ream again. And they're going to hand it off to Ream again on the jet sweeper on the left side. He cuts up near the 40-yard line, gets out across the 40. And that's a gain of another six for the Jackrabbits out to the 42. Just over eight minutes left in the first quarter. It's 8-0 Falcons as they took their opening possession. 98 yards down the field, capped off by a long touchdown pass from Colby Suits to Corey Maidfield Jr. And then Colby went for two and converted it. And that's how we're at 8 to nothing. Second down and four for the Jackrabbits. Rodeau in the shotgun. He's got Caleb Bolin, the running back, to his right. Looking for the snap. He'll get it. He'll turn. Hand it off to Bolin. Bolin gets met right away by Devin Beeman. And he's going to get brought down right at the line of scrimmage. And that'll bring up a tight third and four. Again, good containment there by the defensive line for the Falcons. And we just can't speak enough about how much this defensive change has done for this defense. And they're, they're definitely playing to their personnel now. Yeah, the 4-3 has been such a great move in that what that did was bring Barclay forward, the big uh, tight end, H-back, slot receiver, uh, brought him over to play defensive end. And they also moved a couple other guys around. Hogwood, who played some safety, moved to play in cornerback mainly. Uh, Jordan Carroll, who's a big-time receiver, he comes over and plays cornerback a lot. Casey Cornelius, who is a, uh, a cornerback, comes over and plays outside linebacker. Third down and four. Rideau with the direct snap around the left side. He's going to have to string this one out, but he cuts up field around the sideline, breaks the tackle, still on his feet, and finally gets knocked out close to the 45 of the Falcons. A big third down conversion for Forney. Yeah, that was a good run by Devin Renault. He's definitely every bit of explosive as we have heard that he is. And he's really carried this, this team on his back this year. Has really been the bulk of what they do, and he's an impressive young athlete. So first and 10 from the Falcon 46 for Rideau in the Jackrabbit offense. He's got two running backs now, one on each side. He'll take the snap. He'll drop back. He's looking. Looking down the left sideline. He's going to look. He's going to throw, and it's almost complete. They're going to say incomplete. Intended for number two, Aaron Rideau, who's Devin's brother. 
So that's going to bring up second down and 10 for the Jackrabbits. 6.50 to play in the quarter number one. Eight to nothing, the Falcons lead. Rideau still in at quarterback. Now they'll run two receivers to the right and one to the left. Looks like they got Reem as the running back to the right of Rideau. He's looking to the sideline to try to get the call. Under 15 on the play clock. Ball's on the left hash. Rideau takes the snap, fakes the handoff, looks, throws over the middle. It's incomplete through the hands in and out of the intended receiver, Sean Stevens, who's uh, the Jackrabbit's number one receiving target on the year. And he was a, it's probably a good thing because he was about to get met pretty forcefully on his blind side there. That's going to bring up third and 10 now for the Falcons defense. And the Jackrabbits have it at the 46. Under seven minutes to play in the first. Jackrabbits moving from right to left there, and they're all blacks with the gold stripes on the pants and the jerseys with the gold numbers and the black helmets. Rodell takes the snap, he draws back. Now he's going to look to take off and run. Being pursued from behind. Now he looks down the sideline, it's complete. Down inside the 25 yard line, a big throw and catch. That was Caleb Bowen down the left sideline as the play broke down. Devin Rodell making plays. That was an athletic throw and athletic catch. You definitely have to commend that offense there for the Jackrabbits. Coming up on six and a half in the first quarter. Both drives really eating the clock. Four-man front for the Falcons. Rideau takes the snap, draws back. He's looking left. Now he's going to be flushed out of the pocket, looking to run. He's going to throw it, and he's just going to throw this one away as Barclay Ford was bearing down on him. And that's going to bring up second down and 10 now from the 22, the Falcons. You know, something else we've seen is the defensive staff and the defensive personnel for the Falcons. As the game progresses, they've really made some great adjustments. So as they kind of get a flow and a feel for the offense they're playing against, they've always really adjusted real well come the second, third, and fourth quarters. Second down and 10 now. Rideau in the shotgun. He's got K.J. Hayes as the running back to his right, two receivers to the left, two to the right. Now Reem will come in motion from left to right. He'll fake the jet sweep. Rideau keeps it. He falls ahead for a gain of four down to the 18. No wind tonight to speak of. It's a nice, cool, crisp evening. Of course, it was dark at kickoff, which we're not quite accustomed to now that we've got the time change and we're into the fall hours. It's dark before we uh, – it's really dark during most of the pregame as well. A little bit different look, but gives more definition to the uh, Friday Night Light atmosphere. Of course, the Falcon sideline is just packed. They've got their white rally towels. They've got the money signs. They've got a big dollar bill over there. They've got it all out tonight in support of the Falcons. Rodeau fakes the handoff. He looks right. Throws out. It's caught complete inside the five. It's a touchdown, Jackrabbits. The pass was complete to Sean Stevens. Just a simple little out route on the right side, and they just missed tackling him. Yeah, he made some elusive moves towards the end of that uh, run after catch. The Jackrabbits, of course, will start out in the swinging gate for the extra point. And see if the Falcons will cover it. it looks like the Jackrabbits are going to stick with it and go for two. Rodeau takes the snap. He's going to look right, throw right. Incomplete group coverage there by the Falcons' defense. That was Chris Furlow in coverage. So the two-point conversion is no good for the Jackrabbits. The Falcons lead 8-6 with 524 to play in the first. It's KFY Sports True Texas Radio. 
Your next new car is waiting for you at Musser Chevrolet in Terrell. Musser's has been in business since 1962, making great deals on new and pre-owned cars and trucks. They also offer top-of-the-line automotive service by trained technicians with the most current diagnostic and repair equipment available. And they'll even offer you a free loan car while your GM car is serviced. Visit Musser Chevrolet today for your new Chevrolet or quality pre-owned vehicle. Musser Chevrolet is at 1212 Westmore Avenue in Terrell. All About Floors is a proud sponsor of the 40 community. Call and set up your free estimate whether you need a new shower, new carpet, or new wooden floors. Give All About Floors a call. Pets? Kids? No problem. All About Floors can help you choose the right product for your busy family and all your flooring needs. Call All About Floors today at 972-564-5533. That's 972-564-5333. Or find us online at allaboutfloorsandmore.com. All About Floors says, Go Falcons! You are listening to the home of North Forney Falcons football, KFNY, True Texas Radio. KFNY Sports, True Texas Radio. It's Wally, Jaron, and Hayden who runs Texas 5A Sports. He's up here in the booth with us. We'll get with him here in just a little bit to get some updated scores from the rest of our district and 16-5A, who will be the first-round opponent. Kickoff goes, bounces to Glenn De La Haas. He picks it up. He's going to run a little bit. Finally gets met before he gets to the 40-yard line. He picked it up right about the 35. So just a couple of yards on the return. It's actually Anthony Marquardt. Typically, De La Haas is up there. Uh, De La Haas is 14. Marquardt is 15. Uh, playing on the hands team for the Falcons. 8-6. to six, The Falcons lead 5-18 to play. Hayden, what's your early thoughts from watching the Falcons up close? Well, they're very aggressive, and I think something we should talk about, it's something when I was watching the talent talk earlier this week, uh, Coach Jackson mentioned something about a lot of teams play to tie, so they kick extra points, you know, kick field goals, punt on fourth down. He said that he plays to win, so he's going to go for two. He's going to go for it on fourth down, um, and that's the difference in the ball game right now, and that's the reason why North Forney has an 8-6 to six advantage because they've had to force Forney to go for two, and they couldn't do it. Hand off to Ribera, gain of two on the play. Just short of the 40-yard line. Back to the line of scrimmage once again, two receivers to the left and one to the right. Mayfield, the right receiver, will come in motion from right to left. They'll give him on the jet sweep to pitch it forward to him. Trying to get the edge. He's going to be strung all the way out and get ran out of bounds before he can get back to the original line of scrimmage. They're going to say he lost maybe a yard, half a yard on the play. They're going to maybe right back to the line of scrimmage. We're not seeing as quick of a tempo as we see. I think we'll probably see it as it progresses a little bit. Kobe back in the shotgun, takes the snap, fakes it to Rivera, drops back. He's looking for his man downfield. Got lots of grabbing on the play, and we get three yellow hankies thrown for pass interference. So that should work out in the Falcons' favor. It was Jaden Burrell, or no, that was Jackson Ennels, who Kobe was looking for, and he was tugged on the entire way down the field. He also did a good job on uh, selling it a little bit, too. I, th I think he'd gotten the call either way because they were pretty physical there with him. Uh, two other guys were, but uh, he helped it out, I think, a little. You know, sometimes you, you got to help the refs out. Oh, you know? yeah. If they, I could do it from up here, I would. They're watching a lot, so you, sometimes you have to, you know, just make sure they see you. 4.46 to play in the first. It's the Falcons eight, the Jackrabbits six. And it's a penalty on the, the Jackrabbits. We'll see where they march this one off to. It'll be a first down either way for North Forney. Of course, coming up here at the end, I think it's the end of the first quarter, 
we will have either the mascot race or the field goal kick. I think the field goal kick is the end of the first, and the mascot race is into the third. Of course, that was they sold raffle tickets for the chance to kick a 10-yard field goal, or from the 10-yard line, I guess. Or maybe it's just who knows where it's from exactly. And if you make that field goal, you get Whataburger free for a year. Wow, that's glorious. Colby fakes the jet sweep, hands it up the middle to Rivera. He's got some room to run. Puts his head down. He's got a first down all the way down near the 30-yard line of the Jackrabbits. They'll say he was stopped at the 32, but that's well more than enough to move the chains. North 40 back to the line again. Two receivers to the left, one to the right. Colby looking for the snap. He'll get it right away. Fakes the handoff, throws it. It's complete. That's J uh, Jackson Innels, and he's going to try to fight to get the first down. Finally, a couple of Jackrabbits are able to to slow him down before he gets to the first down marker, but a gain of eight on the play. And we do have a flag Too back many, along the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And now we're going to get a couple of late flags after the play is over. The initial flags were too many men on the field. They did a great job. There was a Jackrabbit player still coming off when they uh, when they called the snap, which is something that we've seen a lot. Well, and I, I could tell you that I knew this game was going to be chippy. You know, Forney, this Forney team does not want to be the first team to lose to North Forney ever. North Forney, this group of Falcons wants to be the first team to ever beat Forney ever, and so they, they I could, you know, the tempers are gonna, they're gonna fly, they're definitely gonna fly, and you know, like you mentioned on that, where they caught too many men on the field against the Jackrabbits, that's a play if you watch any NFL, that's a play that the Packers run with Aaron Rodgers, that's a play that, that Tom Brady will do with the Patriots, basically they just take the same personnel they had out there from the play before, and they'll run and go right back to, you know, they run a play real quick if they see a, a Jackrabbit trying to get off the field, and then. And that's what they did there. So we'll wait and see what the flags are for after the play. My guess is going to be probably uh, unsportsmanlike conduct on both teams. But we'll see. It's 4.27 to play in the first quarter. Still 8-6, Falcons lead. Both teams took their first offense possessions down the field for touchdowns. Falcons went for two and got it. And the Jackrabbits did not get their two-point conversion. So we do have too many men on the field against the Jackrabbits. We have unsportsmanlike conduct against the Jackrabbits. And we also have unsportsmanlike conduct against the Falcons. So those two off are going to offset. The penalty will stand for the too many men on the field for the Jackrabbits. So we will replay that down. And that should make it first and five from the 28-yard line. Looks like it's going to be second down according to the down marker. We'll see. A lot of times they don't know what they're doing and they'll switch it. And there's the switch. Yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> What you got for us, Hayden? I want to bring up some of the 16 5A scores that are going on right now, which will uh, help decide uh, who uh, North Forney will play in the first round of the playoffs. Sulphur Springs is up 6 to nothing over Hallsville. Greenville's up 3 to nothing over Mount Pleasant. Texas High is up 21 nothing over Pine Tree. And if these scores hold, uh, North Forney will meet Sulphur Springs next week. So right now, as we stand right now, Sulphur Springs, the first-round opponent for the Falcons. But there's a lot left to be played. Hayden will keep us updated as we go along. A run by Ribera, good for a gain of one. That makes it second down and four now. Kobe hands it off again to Ribera, and he gets dropped right away by the Jackrabbit defense. A loss of a yard on the play. That's going to bring up third and a long five from the Jackrabbit 28. So the Jackrabbits are playing with a lot of intensity. You know, we knew that they'd come out, and, and, and Coach Jackson said it. They'd lay everything out. Kobe in the shotgun. Horny showing pressure. Looks like they're going to be all sides as well. Kobe's going to take a deep shot with it. He's got Jordan Carroll deep, and it's going to be incomplete right at the pylon on the right side. But we do have flags on the play, and it should be offsides on Forney, which would make this a third and about one. Three and a half minutes to play in the first. 
Like I said, when we do, whenever we have the mascot race, we will call that live right here. That's just too much fun not to. Yeah. And I tell you, I think we'll get pretty excited about the field goal kick just because uh, I'm going to be really jealous of that person that gets free Whataburger for a year. So, yeah, at the end of the first quarter here, we'll stick it here. We'll stick around here. Let's don't go to break. Uh, just quite yet, because we'll see. I want to see that uh, the kickoff competition. We'll uh, the field goal competition. We'll try that out. So that does make it third and one for the Falcons. Kobe in the shotgun. Ribeiro to his left. He'll take the snap. Kobe's going to keep it himself. Darts to the inside. A little stutter step, and it looks like he's going to have enough for the first down as he gets down near the 20-yard line. That's a couple yards past the first down marker, and the Falcons will move the chains again. Definitely four-down territory for him, even though most of the field is four-down territory for the Falcons. Kobe barks out some commands to his offensive line. Of course, they also they definitely go no huddle, which that goes without saying. They've never huddled at all this year, no matter what the situation. Kobe fakes the handoff to Rivera. He's looking. He's got time. He's got a man deep in the end zone. It's caught for a touchdown. I'm trying to see who that is. It looks like Jaden Barral. I think so. I'm going to say Jaden Barral for the touchdown. It looks like it is. The Falcons go up again. That looked like a perfectly executed pick play. The two uh, Forney defensive backs sort of uh, ran into each other on that. Uh, we call it a rub route around okay. here, Hayden, a rub route. <laughs> Not Apologize. a pick play. Don't say I'll the P word, right? Yeah, their offense is well uh, well constructed. They know they know what they're doing. A high snap, but the good hold by Colby, and the kick is also up and good from Rodriguez, and that makes it North Forney 15 and the Jackrabbits 6. 3.02 left to play in the first quarter. It's Wally, Jaron, Hayden for KFY Sports, True Texas Radio. Do you ever just want to get away or celebrate an event? Well, look no further. Christy Lynn Travel can help you achieve those dreams and help you make memories that will last you a lifetime. Christy Lynn Travel is a full-service travel agency right here in Forney, but her five-star service has her servicing clients from all over the country. So don't try to do it all yourself. Take your travel needs to the expert who will take care of you. Christy Lynn Travel. Call 469-878-4248 or email christy at christylyntravel.com. If your roof is sustained, hail, wind, or any storm damage, call the professional roof experts at Maximum Construction and Restoration. They are experts in roof repair or complete roofing system replacements, and they're locally owned and operated and fully insured. We will be glad to guide you through the insurance claim process. As our customer, you can choose from our wide selection of shingles that are guaranteed to last. Call 469-595-6059 today for your free roof inspection, or find us online at MaximumConstructionTX.com. Your roofer is your life. Go Falcons! You are listening to the home of North Forney Falcons football, KFNY, True Texas Radio. Three oh two remaining in the first quarter. The Falcons have had two offensive possessions. They have two touchdowns. They lead the, the Jackrabbits 15-6 as Rodriguez and the Falcons get set to kick off from their own 40-yard line. Rodriguez will air this one out. It's going to be fielded just at the 10-yard line there by the Jackrabbits. Across the 20-25 and knocked out of bounds as it gets outside the 30-yard line. Of course, at halftime, we will have the Fournier Halftime Show. And we will also have the Pride of Falcon Nation Band and the, uh, what are they called? What's Best sounding band around, I think. Is that you saying that or is that Will that would say that? We'll get confirmation on their official name. <laughs> we'll have the 40 band as well. So we'll play both both bands. We'll try to squeeze in a little uh, halftime uh, analysis and preview of the first and second halves 
But we will definitely have both of those bands, and that will be the Fournier Air Halftime Show, and then the bands will be brought to you by our friends over at Award Music in Terrell. Rideau takes the snap, fakes the handoff. He's looking, and it's caught complete. Across the 40 to the 45. Finally brought down at the 41-yard line. And that was complete to number 16, Sean Stevens. The Esprit de Corps, that's the official name ah, of the, the Falcon, right. or the, excuse me, the North, the, excuse me, the Forney Jackrabbit Band. Esprit de Corps, I should have remembered that. <laughs> so that brings up first down and 10. The Jackrabbit's offense has been able to move the ball against the Falcons' defense so far, their first two possessions. Rodot takes the direct snap. He's got a crease to run. Brought down right before he got out into the open. Casey Cornelius. The one to bring him down, and that'll move the chains as they get down to the Falcon 41. We do have the Young Ideas Dish Satellite Text Toy Line up and running, so if you have any questions, any comments about the game or the broadcast or just about the Falcons in general, uh, even, even if you've got questions for Hayden, send them in here on the, the Text Toy Line. That number is 469-355-0362. 469-355-0362. He's an expert on West Texas six-man football. So ask him any question about that. Rodell looking right. He's got a man wide open at the 35-yard line. He's got the first down. He's got the 30-yard line down to the 29 before he's taken out of bounds. And the Jackrabbit offense looking pretty good themselves. Under two minutes to play in the first quarter. 15-6, Falcons lead. And at the end of the first, we'll stick around here and see what they're going to do. It's either going to be a field goal competition to see if somebody can get free Whataburger for a year or to be the mascot race, which is always a blast to watch. Rodeau in the shotgun, takes the snap. He's going to hand it off this time around the right side. And he's going to get ran out of bounds after a gain of four. And that was Caleb Bolin that time on the carry. So, yeah, we'll have the Pride of Falcon Nation band and the Forney Esprit de Court at halftime. Those will be brought to you by Ward Music and Terrell. So if you tune in at halftime, you're like, man, where's all the voices at? That's, we'll be chowing down. Probably <laughs> will go back for seconds of banana pudding. Yeah, I'll be my first. I didn't, I didn't grab any. You better beat me, because I don't know if there's going to be any left after <laughs> I get through there again. Rodeau's in the shotgun. He'll take the snap. He's going to look left, throw it, and he'll set up a wide receiver screen. It's complete to Reem. Reem trying to get to the 20-yard line. Let me get stopped just a yard short of the first. He needs the 19 for the first down. He only makes it to the 20. So that's going to bring up third and a yard for the Jackrabbits. Combined effort. I'm sorry. No, that's, I was just going to say, is really leading this, this Jackrabbit attack offensively really well. For sure. There's a combined effort by Willie Thomas and Glendale Huzz on that stop. Coach Marquardt said before the game that they're going to have to stop number five. That's what they're going to have to do. He is their, their, their main cog. He's the one that makes this offense go running and throwing. Main in motion from right to left. This time Rodeau keeps it himself. Puts his head down, gets across the first down marker, down to the 16. And it'll be a first down for the Jackrabbits. And he's by no means bashful. He'll dip his head down and run into anything, it seems like. Coming up on 35 seconds left to play in the first quarter, 15 to 6. It's probably been one of the fastest first quarters we've had all year long because both, like you mentioned earlier, Jaron, both offenses have really just driven down the field, taking chunks at a time. And it really kind of just kept that clock moving. You know, we're used to seeing North Forney or whoever they're playing get big strikes, get touchdowns, stop the clock. Here it's just been four or five, six yards at a time all the way down the field, keep, keeping that clock moving. 
Forney takes a little bit longer on offense than uh, North Forney does. Forney will still huddle. That's one thing that they do that they've, they've always done under Coach Rush. I remember when I was there, we still huddled. Even if you want to go as a fast pace or a spread, they'll still huddle. Rodeau drops back. He's looking deep left, corner of the end zone. It's going to be incomplete, and there are no flags on the play. And the Jackrabbit side is a little upset, and there was some contact. I'm not sure if the ball was going to be catchable or not, but there definitely was some contact there. Uh, with Jordan Carroll, the intended receiver there was Austin Reed, or no, uh, Aaron Rodeau. Uh, almost looked like the receiver, I'm not going to say purposely ran into the defender, but it, it definitely wasn't. I'll say Jordan Carroll wasn't making the pursuit, I guess is the, the way I want to say that. So that will bring us to the end of the first quarter. Let's wait around. Let's see. Uh, looks like they're going to do it at that far end zone down there. The end zone to our, what would that be, south-ish? Yeah. It would be, yeah. To our right on the, on the radio yeah. dial. We'll stay here because I want to see this. I'll talk some about the 15-5A scores that okay. are going on around. Uh, Roy City is hanging in there with Lovejoy so far. They were uh, trailing 7-6, to six and Lovejoy just scored a, a touchdown to go up 14-6. to six. If Lovejoy wins, they'll have the top seed in the Division II playoffs. Um, and over at... Um, and Mesquite, Poteet, and West Mesquite are playing. Uh, West Mesquite is up 7-3 to three, uh, late in the first quarter, and that, that's looking like a playing game, so the winner of that is going to probably play Marshall in the first round. All right, here we get ready for the kick. The kick is up. It is through the upright, just barely crossed it. And that is going to be free Whataburger a year for that guy. I'm going to try to go get his name and make friends with get him. Get his numbers. Yeah. Hey, man, what's going on? I really like the way you kicked that ball earlier. So free water burger for a year, man. I was really hoping I could do that, but how long did he have to practice? Uh, I think he just found out. I think you found yeah. out tonight. Yeah. yeah, I don't know exactly what time. So you could have been practicing all week once you bought a raffle ticket, but uh, you didn't I mean, know you were gonna be the one kicking until right now, until till tonight. Anyways, he didn't he look like one, he was, he was ready. Yeah, he didn't have much form. You know, I would just you know took my steps back and sideways like a normal kicker would. He just took about three steps back, straight on the ball, slowly approached it, and just. All his power, and that thing squeaked over the bottom of the crossbar by about two feet. You know, whatever works. What? Hey, hey, it counts just the same. That free water burger is going to taste just the same. Yeah. <laughs> so we're getting ready to start the second quarter. Both offenses in, uh, in high gear. Second and ten for Rideau and the Jackrabbits at the Falcon 17. He'll take the snap. He'll drop back. He's going to have to roll it to his right. He's got a man in the flat, but he overthrows him. And it's incomplete, and that'll bring up third and ten. That's Barclay four putting some heat on Rideau in the backfield. Knocked him down as soon as he got rid of it. Third and ten now, 17 yards to go for the Jackrabbits. Just as we get started in the second quarter, 15 to six, Falcons on top. We'll have both bands perform at halftime, and we'll broadcast both bands. The Spree Decor and the Pride of Falcon Nation band, both. Rodeau in the shotgun. He's got a running back to his right. Looking for the snap. He'll get it. He's going to roll out to his right. Avoids the defender there. He's going to keep rolling. Cuts back inside the 20. At the 15. Brought down from behind by Barclay 4. Willie Thomas is out there, but he couldn't make a stop. There's a flag in Rodeau the in the open field. And we do have a flag in the end zone. It was a gain of seven on the play all the way down to the 10-yard line. So as it stands now, it's fourth and three for the Jackrabbits offense, but we'll have to wait and see what the flag is. Good effort by Ford. He almost had Rideau in the backfield. Uh, Rideau was able to escape that, but 
Barclay again, you know, still still ran and pursued him. And we've got holding on the Falcons. So what was going to be a fourth down and three is now a first down. We'll see where they mark it off at. Maybe first down for the Jackrabbits. Unfortunate play there. They were about to hold Forney to a fourth and three. But they gift the Jackrabbits a new set of downs. And it'll be first and goal, looks like, from the seven-yard line. So, but even if they score, they'll still be trailing. Even if they score a two-point conversion, they're down by nine, the Jackrabbits are, to the Falcons. This is really where Rodeau is dangerous in this red zone because he can create with his arm and his legs. In the shotgun, a receiver comes in motion from left to right. They're going to fake the jet sweep. Rodeau will keep it himself, puts his head down, gets maybe a yard on the play, uh, maybe back to the line of scrimmage. Good job there by the Falcons' defense to sniff that one out. Devin Beeman met Rideau right as he was crossing the line of scrimmage and was able to bring him down. Pretty much a solo tackle there by Beeman. Of course, next week we will be wherever the Falcons will be, whether that's Roy City, whether that's Lindale, whether that's Allen. Wherever they will be, we will be as well. So you can catch us right here on KFY Sports, True Texas Radio. You can download the KFY Sports app on iTunes or the Google Play Store. And once you download that, you're about two clicks away from listening to Falcons football every Friday night, maybe next Thursday night next week. Rodeau in the shotgun, takes the snap, draws back. And he's going to look right, face the throw right. Now he takes off for the end zone, jumps up high and gets beat crazily. They're going to say he's just short of the end zone. He tried to leap over a Falcon defender. Came down kind of awkwardly. But he wow. does get back up on his feet really quick. They're going to say he's just short of the end zone. What an acrobatic play from Rideau. He wanted to throw right. I thought he was going to. He pump faked it. Took off out the middle of the field. Was met by a couple of Falcon defenders. He said, you know what? I'm going to try to jump over. And sure enough, he went flying and got somersaulted in the air. I just saw Cleats flying in the air, still on his feet. That, wow. Yeah, I'm surprised he held on to the ball the way he was reaching for the goal line. He did reach out with one hand to try to get it across the line. And it's going to bring up third and goal inside the one-yard line for the Jackrabbits. Ten minutes to play in the second quarter. They trail the Falcons 15-6. Rodeau takes the direct snap, puts his head down, and he's going to get Max stopped. They're going to say he got to the one-yard line. Fourth wow. down and goal for the Jackrabbits. Can the Falcons make a stand? Wow, incredible stand there by the Falcon front. They met Rodeau right as he was trying to break that line of scrimmage. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked here if the if the Jackrabbits try to get Rodeau out of the pocket. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I would doubt that they would try to smash it up the middle of the field again. One way or another, they're probably gonna roll him out or get some kind of action going left to right and open up what is a tight lid on the Falcons defense. I think just about everybody in the stadium's on their feet for this play. Both sides of the stands, and now we're gonna get a timeout. Jackrabbits with 9.16 to play in the second quarter. They have a fourth and goal from the one. 15-6 Falcons lead. You're listening to KFY Sports, True Texas Radio. Your next new car is waiting for you at Musser Chevrolet in Terrell. Musser's has been in business since 1962, making great deals on new and pre-owned cars and trucks. They also offer top-of-the-line automotive service by trained technicians with the most current diagnostic and repair equipment available. And they'll even offer you a free loan car while your GM car is serviced. Visit Musser Chevrolet today for your new Chevrolet or quality pre-owned vehicle. Musser Chevrolet is at 1212 Westmore Avenue in Terrell. Nine sixteen to play in quarter number two, 15 to six. Falcons lead and man, we have a huge critical moment already in the game. 
the Falcons or the the Jackrabbits have it had it second and goal from uh from the th inside the one yard or at the one yard line, and they've been stopped on third down as Rideau try to punch it up the middle on the quarterback keeper. Now they face fourth and goal from the one yard line. If the Falcons can get a stop here, you will hear this place. Either way, the Falcons hold them or the Jackrabbit score, you will hear Citibank Stadium go bananas. Rideau in the shotgun. Running back goes in motion from left to right. Now he's on the right side of the field. Rideau all alone in the backfield. Takes the snap. He's going to roll out to his right. Look to throw. He's going to be pressured. He's going to throw in the end zone. It's intercepted by the Falcons. He had to get rid of it, and it was intercepted. Coming up with to make the play number 14, a big interception from Glenn De La Haas. And we're going to have a flag late in the end zone. And that was pressure. It looked like Barclay forward again. Either Barclay Ford or Willie Thomas coming to put heat on Rodeau, making him throw it before he wanted to. And Glendale Hawes was the recipient on the other end for the Falcons causing the turnover. A huge defensive play from the Falcons. A fourth and goal from the one. In fact, they had a third and goal from inside the one. They hold him there and then on fourth down, caused the turnover. And that's going to get, it looks like it's going to be a touchback as well. It is a touchback. So the Falcons will start out from their own 20-yard line. We have unsportsmanlike conduct also against the Falcons. So that'll be, it should be half the distance back towards the goal. So it looks like they'll start probably their 10-yard line. Wow, you talk about a real gutsy, just dig down deep defensive stand there by the Falcons. Like, you know, and, and looking on the other side against Rideau, who's moved the ball very well against them, they said, you know what, it stops here, I tell you. Coach Marquardt just stepped out. He was pretty excited. Uh, obviously, I would be too if I was a defensive coach after that stand. I don't know what he say. What he say? He, well, the uh, bathroom door was someone uh, was in the bathroom. He was so, so he wanted to go to the bathroom real quick, but he was excited. He was like, yeah, he was he he was pretty <laughs> pretty stoked. Nine oh six to play here in the second quarter. Yeah, the ball will be at the ten yard line. We'll get some updates here in just a little bit from Hayden as far as the fifteen uh, district fifteen five a go and sixteen five a go. Last we had checked, Lovejoy was winning. They would mean they would be number three. Uh, the, the higher seed of the two bottom, which means the Falcons would be that bottom seed. And then the last we had checked, Sulphur Springs was also leading, which would put them as the North Forney first-round matchup. Colby in the shotgun, faced the handoff. He drops back. He's looking. He's going to roll it to us right now. Cut back up the middle of the field. Cut again, and he's going to be brought down just as he gets back to the line of scrimmage. Well defended downfield as they were looking to that right side for the Falcons. The Jackrabbits defense now looking to bow up. North Forney scored on both their possessions, but they have really had to work for every little bit of it, facing a lot of third downs, a lot of third and longs. And they've converted handoff to Rivera, but we will have flags and whistles before the play. And we've got false start on North Forney. So what was a second and 10 now turns into a second and 15 as they'll back them up to the five. You don't see that a lot from the Falcons. They're pretty disciplined on their snap calls. Young Ideas Dish Satellite Text Toy Line is up and going. So if you want to feel free to, to text something in about the broadcast or the game or maybe about playoffs, that number is 469-355-0362. Colby takes the snap. He's in his own end zone. He's going to look to throw deep down the right sideline. Looking for Baral. It's caught the 50-yard line down to the 41. And that is – can't tell that's Baral or Ennels. I believe it's Jackson Ennels. Yeah, it, it does. Looks it's like. a big time, big, big target. That looks like Jackson Ennels with a big catch. Down the right sideline and a perfect throw from Colby Suits. And he's got the offense back to the line of scrimmage, hurrying again. 
Wow, when you get these receivers one-on-one -on -one against defensive backs, I tell you, it's a matchup I'll take any day. A 53-yard pass or 54-yard pass. They're going to turn and hand it off to Rivera. He puts his head down and carries a couple of jackrabbits for about a yard, yard and a half. He'll get down inside the 40-yard line. Eight minutes to play in the first half. It's 15-6. The Falcons lead. The Jackrabbits had a four, third and goal from the one, inside the one in back-to-back -back plays. Got stopped by the Falcons. And now North Forney driving down the field. They're looking down the right side lot again. They got Jordan Carroll inside the five off his fingertips as he lunged all the way out as far as he could. It's incomplete. Colby, oh, he would love to have that one back. He just led him about a half step too far. And Carroll still kind of made a second effort and almost came down with it. But on his fingertips, like you said, Wally, he bounces out. And that doesn't happen a whole lot. It's third and, uh, third and nine, just inside the 40-yard line. Colby draws back. He's got a little time. He's looking deep again. He's got Jackson Ennels, but he overthrows him. Colby, you know, that's a couple of times that he's had a receiver open down the field and just hasn't, just hasn't had that same uh, connection that he's used to having every week. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot riding in this game, you know. Although they've already clinched playoffs, this is a big emotional game. It's one they've been talking about, you know, uh, for a long time. Fourth and nine now, just at the ball at the 40-yard line. They've got to get down inside the 31 for a first down. Kobe takes a snap, fakes the handoff. Rivera picks up the blitzer, looking deep down the right side again. It's Jordan Carroll inside the five-yard line, catches it and gets knocked out of bounds, but he holds on to it. Again, they have, they have just worn out that far sideline all game long. When they're going from right to left, it's on the right side of the offense. When they're going from left to right in the first quarter, it's on the left side of the offense. And they have just, that's about the eighth time they've tried deep down the field. And that time it, they make a pay as they get all the way down to the two-yard line. It's a great discipline catch there by Jordan Carroll. Seven and a half to play in the second quarter. Falcons looking to go up. Rivera takes the handoff. He's pushing, he's pushing. And he'll get a yard on that one down to the one. Falcons looking to go up two touchdowns. As right now they trail, they lead 15 to six. Kobe looks to the sideline. Rivera is in there at running back. Chiapuzio and Michael Corder in there as H-backs. Corey Mayfield Jr. and looks like Jordan Carroll, the receivers to the right side of the offense. That's the short side of the field. Kobe takes the snap. He keeps it himself. Starts up the middle, then to the left, and then past the goal line for a touchdown. But we do have a flag on the far side of the field at the line of scrimmage. So the, the call right now is a touchdown. Let's see if that stands or not. Rally towels are waving. And they're going to call the North Forney. Actually, they're going to say offsides on the Jackrabbits. North Forney will decline that, and the touchdown will stand. Good hard run there by Kobe Suit. Something that we really started to see him do about halfway through the season. Well, really the Wiley East game, I believe, when they came in the district is when we really started to see that, I mean, if I'm right. Uh, it was the start of district play, yeah, yeah, against Wiley East where he had the 10 touchdown game. Yeah, that, yeah. and uh, really it's been bombs away from there. Uh, just uh, He's really – uh, done a great job on, on on really perfecting his running attack. Well, it, it's a little bit reminiscent of Le'Veon Bell. He's real patient. You know, he kind of just kind of reads almost where the hole's going to be, where the hole's going to be, and then hits it when he's ready to. Kobe takes the snap, puts the hole down. The kick is up, and the extra point is good. 22 to six, the Falcons lead. 6:54 to play in the second quarter. Listening to the KFMI Sports True Texas Radio. Hello, Goonville, Texas. This is Tracy Gray of Guest and Gray Attorneys at Law. Hard work, determination, teamwork. 
These traits are the backbone of any successful organization. These words also describe this year's North Forney Falcons football team. That is why everyone at Guest and Gray supports Coach Randy Jackson and the Goons. We also wish the best of luck this school year to all North Forney educators, students, and parents. Go Falcons! Conveniently located in Terrell, Texas, Award Music has been serving DFW for more than 15 years. They're known for friendly hometown service, sales, rentals, and especially their repairs. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff has experience in repairing a wide range of instruments, and they work hard to get your student back on the field and back in the studio in no time. Call today at 972-524-9995 to see how Award Music can serve you. Once again, that number is 972-524-9995 or find them online at awardmusic.com. Be sure to download our free mobile app, now available on iTunes and Google Play. This is KFNY, True Texas Radio. 6.54 left in the first half, 22-6 the Falcons lead. Falcons have had three offensive possessions. The Falcons have three touchdowns. The Jackrabbits had a touchdown on their first possession, drove the length of the field on their second one, faced a third and goal from the one. But then they were held and caused to turn the ball over on interception on fourth down, and the Falcons made them pay going back the other way. They return out across the 25, near the 30. We've got a flag on the play. I think that's going to be a block in the back on the Jackrabbits, if I saw that one correctly. It was a great kick. It landed on about the six-yard line for the Jackrabbits, so great job, Carlos Rodriguez. So we'll wait to see what that flag is. Looks like it should be block in the back which would back that up quite a bit. It's a, and it's a spot of the foul penalty and the flags at about the 19-yard line. 6.44 to play in the first half. Of course, at halftime, we will have both the bands played. That'll be during the Forney Air Halftime Show. If you're having troubles with your heating or air conditioner, call Forney Air at 214-924-9745 and tell them you heard it right here on KFY True Texas Radio. And of course, the bands will be here, both the Pride of Falcon Nation band and the Esprit de Corps from Forney. And that would be brought to you by our friends over at Award Music for all your musical needs, including repair, rental, and sales. Call Award Music today at 972-524-9995 or find them online at awardmusic.com. Rodeau brings the Forney offense out on the field. Hand off to Caleb Bowen, and he is going to be knocked down in the backfield. That's Roby Robinson flying in to make the stop in the backfield. A loss of three on the plate. It's gonna bring you up second down and 13. Ball back at the Jackrabbit, inside the Jackrabbit nine. 22 to six, the Falcons lead. Rodeau in the shotgun. He's got two receivers to each side of the offense and a running back to his right. Four down lineman for the Falcons. Rodeau takes a snap, draws back. He's gonna be pressured out. He's going to look to throw, and it looks like he's just going to throw this one over the head of the receiver out of bounds as he was being pressured in the backfield. And the Falcons' defense, the last possession or so into this one, has really started to put the heat on Rodeau when he's dropped out, dropped back or trying to roll out. Now, I mentioned it earlier in the game that the defensive staff and defensive personnel are really good at making adjustments as the game progresses, and it seems like they've figured out which schemes and really which blitzes uh, work most effectively against Rudeau in the offense for the Jackrabbits. Well, it looks like for the most part, it's been a pretty much a good four-man rush. Every once in a while, they'll either send Roby on the edge or maybe Willie up the middle. But that, for that four defensive linemen, they're really the ones getting the job done. Rudeau takes a snap. He draws back. It's third and 13, being pressured out. He's going to look down deep down the field. Across the 30, and it's out of bounds intended for Sean Stevens. And that will bring up fourth and 13 
from their own nine-yard line, and the Forney punt team will come out onto the field. We're also seeing really good coverage by the defensive backs for the Falcons. They've uh, really they're playing a little bit tighter man, it looks like, than they were to start the game, and, and it seems like they're they really covered well these last couple of possessions. Of course, in a game like this, don't be shocked if you see a couple of fakes, a couple of trick plays. I don't think we'll see one here, fourth and 13 from inside their own 10. But uh, but just be on the lookout for the rest of the game. Under six minutes to play in the first half. Snaps back there, and they just get the hold off with the punt off, and it's going to be filled in at midfield by Corey Mayfield Jr. Trying to make a main miss. Avoids one. Across the 50 to the 45, Corey Mayfield Jr. with a nice return. Only netted about five yards, but it was a pretty good return from a production standpoint. Picked up a nice block there. Looks like uh, Willie Thomas. And now we've got some flags after the play is over on the sideline, on the Forney sideline. Well, you had a few uh, Falcons right in the middle of that jackrabbit huddle. And now there. we've got another flag coming from the head official. as It looked like one of the North Forney players was running across him, and he might have said something. And that bet that's what the ref is threw the flag for. And Coach Jackson stops with Corey Mayfield Jr., Jackson stopped Corey and said, hey, you just got us another flag. It was going to be probably 15 yards on Forney. I bet that was going to be a penalty on Forney, the original flag. And that would have put them inside the about the 25-yard line or about the 30-yard line. But then on his way out the field, Corey Mayfield Jr. got a flag thrown on him. So that will end up offsetting it so they don't get anything out of it. We'll wait and get the official call in just a moment. It's rare that you ever see a referee have to go almost to the track to pick up his flag. That's what the first <laughs> ref had to do because he threw it. So far out of bounds, that's where the, the, the penalty happened. It was well in the sideline, like you said, while you had a couple of Falcons players really surrounded by uh, some Jackrabbits players, and that's where the team was, was so it's not necessarily where they, they pound up on them or anything, but uh, looks like there was some extra career Okay, so they're going to say personal fouls only on, on Forney. So only on the Jackrabbits. So I guess the, the head official was throwing a flag for something else that a Forney player did and not what Corey Mayfield Jr. had said or anything. Well, there were about three Jackrabbits as Mayfield Jr. was going across the uh, head official. So apparently something maybe was said then. So I take back what I said about Corey Mayfield Jr. because apparently he did nothing wrong. I, I, I ask for your forgiveness, Corey. We got to meet with him on Monday night, a great young man, a UTSA commit, I believe, in that uh, University of Texas San Antonio program. Coach Lewis, I believe, is the, the new coach over there. Uh, really doing a good job, really uh, putting that program back on the map. Was coached by Larry Coker. He kind of revived that program because uh, they didn't have football for a while. And Larry Coker used to be at Miami, kind of restarted that UTSA program. And they got uh, on their way now, doing a, a good job down there. Yeah, and Corey, it was funny because against, see, where was it at? It was uh, the Lovejoy game. I was on the field before that, and I kind of walked by him, and he was like, hey, man, who are you with? Like, he thought I was like, from the other team or something or just getting in their way. And, I, and he, he approached me when we sat down with them and said, hey, man, I'm sorry the other night I didn't know who you were. I was like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. In motion comes Jordan Carroll. They're going to give it to him. Now they're going to throw it back to Kobe Suits, set up on the left side. He's got some blockers out front. Touchdown, Kobe Suits on the pass from Jordan Carroll to Kobe Suits. We saw it early in the year. Was it the first game? No, it was no, the Wiley East game. Yeah. It was the Wiley oh, East game. it was the Wiley East game. That's right. That's part of the 10 touchdown game from Kobe because he got five, four, and one. Um, and so, not a bad week to pull that back out of your bag of tricks. Yeah, they bring Jordan Carroll in motion like, like they're giving him a jet sweep. Hand it off to him. He's going from left to right across the offense. And then he stops as he just gets to the, uh, the far hash. 
turns back around, and by that time, Colby's already coming down the left sideline with about three or four blockers set up in front of him. And, again, remember, Carroll's the backup quarterback. He's played a lot of quarterback in his life, and a nice, perfect, crisp throw over to Carroll, uh, over to Colby in, in stride for the touchdown. The extra point is up and good, and that makes it the Falcons, 29. The Jackrabbits, 6, 531 to play in the second quarter. It's KVY Sports, True Texas Radio. Do you ever just want to get away or celebrate an event? Well, look no further. Christy Lynn Travel can help you achieve those dreams and help you make memories that will last you a lifetime. Christy Lynn Travel is a full-service travel agency right here in Forney, but her five-star service has her servicing clients from all over the country. So don't try to do it all yourself. Take your travel needs to the expert who will take care of you. Christy Lynn Travel. Call 469-878-4248 or email christy at christylyntravel.com. If your roof is sustained, hail, wind, or any storm damage, call the professional roof experts at Maximum Construction and Restoration. They are experts in roof repair or complete roofing system replacements, and they're locally owned and operated and fully insured. We will be glad to guide you through the insurance claim process. As our customer, you can choose from our wide selection of shingles that are guaranteed to last. Call 469-595-6059 today for your free roof inspection, or find us online at MaximumConstructionTX.com. Your roofer is your life. Go Falcons! You are listening to the home of North Forney Falcons football, KFNY, True Texas Radio. Twenty-nine to six, the Falcons lead the Jackrabbits at Citibank Stadium for the sixth FCA Unity Bowl. The Falcons get set to kick this one off. Let's go ahead and go over to Hayden and let him give us some updates from our district and District 16-5A. All right, well, I talk, I'll talk about 16-5A first since most of their games are in halftime. Uh, Texas High is up 28-6 to over Pine Tree early, so it doesn't look like Pine Tree is going to get the top seed because they need a win to get it. Um, Sulphur Springs is up 6 to nothing over Hallsville at halftime. Uh, Hallsville's turned over the ball four times, and Sulphur Springs still only has six points to, uh, to say about it. And uh, Greenville is only up 3 nothing over Mount Pleasant at, ha- at halftime, which is surprising because uh, – Mount Pleasant hasn't been a very competitive team this year. And, uh, like, y'all played them this year. Y'all saw what they First are. Game of the, yeah. It's very surprising that they're hanging in there with uh, Greenville. Jack Roberts returned that one out to the 24-yard line, so that's where they will take over. Go ahead, Hayden. Um, and also, Lovejoy is up 21-6 to over Roy City in the second quarter. So, Lovejoy, um, pretty close to clinching that playoff spot and getting the top seed, which would mean uh, North Forney would get the top seed of 16-5-8, which is currently looking like it's going to be Sulphur Springs. First and 10 for the Jackrabbits. They'll hand it off. Looks like that's Ream with the carry, and he's going to be met right away. They're going to say he got maybe a yard on the play, and it gets driven back by Barclay Ford and Willie Thomas and uh, Devin Beeman. But you said Hallsville's hanging in there. So, you know, it'll be real interesting if they end up, you know. Yeah, their defense must be doing something pretty good because – off, if you if you turn the ball over four times and you're only down by six, you only giving up six points in the first half. You're doing something right. Second down and nine for the Jackrabbits. Bordeaux takes the snap, rolls left, throws left. He's got a man and it's in and out of the hands. It's a little bit high, but it went but through both hands of the intended receiver Peyton Johnson, who was right at the first down marker. And that's going to bring up a third and nine for the Jackrabbits, who after their first offensive possession, even their second one, got all the way down to the one yard line. Ever since then, it's been tough sledding for this Jackrabbit O. Another thing about uh, Hallsville is even though they're eliminated from the playoffs, they competed with Texas High pretty close uh, last week. 
So they're a competitive team. They're going to give Hallsville or give Sulphur Springs all they have and try to potentially upset them and eliminate them from the postseason. Third and nine for the Jackrabbits from their own 25-yard line. Bordeaux drops back. He's being flushed out. He's being brought down by Wee Thomas. Throws the ball away, and it's incomplete. Bordeaux got slammed to the ground by Willie. So he got back there and put the heat on once again. And Rideau, after the first couple of drives, has really been pressured heavily by this Falcons defense. It seems like the Falcon defense has gotten more physical throughout this second quarter. We're, we're seeing some very similar tenacity and intensity that we saw last week against West Mesquite. When it looks like a little bit what they're doing, especially on pass plays, is it looks like Willie Thomas from the middle linebacker position is really coming on a, more of a delayed blitz. Almost like he's kind of watching Rideau, watching Rideau, and then when he takes off one way or another, he comes after him. This punt's away. It's a nice high punt. It's going to be fielded by Corey Mayfield Jr., and he'll call for a fair catch at the 42-yard line. Four and a half minutes to play in the second quarter. 29-6, the Falcons lead. Of course, next week, once again, no matter where they will be, and we'll know that kind of, we won't know where they'll be uh, by the end of tonight, but we know we will know who they will be playing as there was a penalty on the Jackrabbits and it will be declined. But we will know who they'll be playing, so we'll let you know that as soon as we find out, or once we have a pretty good idea at least. Uh, but wherever we are next Friday night, again, it's whoever we are. You can catch it right here if you can't make it out to the game, or even if you do and you still want to listen in. KFNY Sports, True Texas Radio. You can download the app on iTunes or Google Play. Or if you're old school, which I don't know how old school just listening to the Internet is, but if you're old school enough to go just pull up the Internet on your phone or your laptop or uh, whatever it might be, you can find us right here on KFNYSports.com. And we'll also update you as we find out what times and locations and stuff. We'll put it on our Twitter and Facebook pages as well to let you guys know if you hadn't found out by then. So Colby will come back out. He'll bring Ribeiro in motion from the backfield out to the right. They're going to fake the throw to Barclay. Now they're going to throw it out to Barclay. He's got some room to run across the 50-yard line down to the 45. Of course, that was the very first play they ran of the game where they had Barclay Ford split out wide right, but about 10 yards back off the line of scrimmage. Now, we didn't see Barclay play a lot of offense last week, I think, because they knew it was going to be such a, uh, a defensive effort um, going against uh, West Mesquite. Colby throws out in the right. Uh, they got a screen set up. Wide receiver screen. Looks like Jackson Ennels on that one. Did you see that offensive line, what they did? Towards the end of it, all at once, they all hit the floor and hit their hit their bellies, gra grabbed turf there. Really interesting uh, thing that they did there. Really caught my eye. Colby takes the snap again. Fakes the handoff to Ribeiro. He's looking down the field. He's got Jordan Carroll in 15 to 10. He's got room to run. Touchdown, Falcons. Colby and Jordan strike again. Great design play. Jordan Carroll coming across the middle of the field. Really had the defense beat by about three or four steps. You know, that's something they've been doing for a while now. Really good effort there by Suits and Carroll. 35 to 6, the score with 344 to play in the first quarter. Now, I was talking to the assistant principal, and I'll forget his name. I feel bad now. Uh, but he asked me, he caught me back on my way up to the elevator, and he said, hey, man, he's like, what uh, What do you think? I said, oh, I feel great uh, about the game. He said, well, what about the score? Said, the extra points up and good. Uh, he said, what do you, uh, you got a prediction? I said, I don't know. I, I said, I feel good, man. I think it's going to be a blowout. He said, no, I think they're going to keep it close at least for a while. I said, I don't know. He said, what about halftime score? I said, okay, halftime score, I said 42 to 10 at halftime. We're not too far off, 36 not far, to yeah. 6, yeah. 
I mean, I'm no Nostradamus or anything, but uh, I can predict a thing or two. Well, you, know, you did see my World Series prediction. You know, I said Astros I told in, you in no seven Astros games. I'm not, I'm not an Astros fan, but I said Astros seven games by two runs. It was Astros in seven games by five runs. So I was pretty close, too. Was wrong, but wrong in the end. Something I'm curious about is if uh, North Forney keeps – keeps it up if they're going to start uh, potentially taking out some of their star players. i got an answer for you. So we, <laughs> we've we asked that question. We asked Coach Jackson uh, the other night and during talent talk. You know, I made it a point to ask him, hey, you know, are you going to coach this game like every other game? Or, you know, are you going to kind of say, hey, we got playoffs next week. You know, if we get up or, you know, even if it's a tight game or whatever, are you going to take any of the guys out? Are you going to, you know, start looking towards the playoffs? And he said they're going to play it like any other game. So that means if they get up real big, they might bring in some of the guys just because they would in any other game. But as far as this game goes, it'll be no different than how they play each and every game they've played so far this year. I think we'll see some Nate Miller in the second half because we see that a lot anyway. And you see some guys like uh, Connor Sides and Glenn De La Haas uh, come in and, and play typically uh, in the receiver positions anyway. So I think we'll see some of that. Now I wonder if it gets to that point as we have a squib kick down the middle of the field. We field it at the 20-yard line there by the Jackrabbits. It's across the 25-yard line, does Bowling, then he gets dropped and the ball comes out. And they're going to say, they're going to whistle him down. North Forney looked like came out with the ball, but it, it did look like he maybe had hit the ground, and then that's when the ball slung out of there. Hmm. But I will be curious to see if the, if the score gets up real big, you know, here early in the second half, if uh, who comes in to play quarterback if they take Colby out. This would be a perfect wanna, time to. Oh, uh, go ahead, sorry. This would be a perfect time to get in some of your seniors that maybe don't play as much because this is going to be the probably the last opportunity that they have to get playing time in their career. Well, and as far as the quarterback situation goes, their backup quarterback on the base on the depth chart is Jordan Carroll, who's a big star receiver, plays a lot of cornerback, one of their big play threats, and their punter on top of all that. So I don't know if they would want to risk him bring, bringing him in to play the backup quarterback duty like they have a couple times this year. Logan Williams is the sophomore that has hardly ever played, and I don't know if they want to throw him into the fire. There's Forney setting up a halfback pass. They've got a man wide open down the field. It's dropped. And I mean in the lap of the receiver, number two, Aaron Radeau. That pass was from number 16, Sean Stevens. They threw it out to him, and then he threw it deep down the field about the 35-yard line, and it right into the lap of Aaron Radeau, and it just dropped. I had a feeling for some reason I thought as wide open as he was, as right on the money as that ball was, I thought he was going to drop it, and sure enough, they did. That might have sucked the life out of the Forney offense because you saw after that play, every single Forney player on that offense had their hands on their knees, holding their head. You know, they knew that 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 was and a that was that was going to be a touchdown. That was a guaranteed oh, touchdown. No he did he catch that? And you're already trolling 30, 36 to six. You need all the points you can get if you want to have a chance on this one. And that one was pretty much gifted to you. And it was just a flat-out drop. I did want to mention Logan Williams is a JV quarterback. He did come in, I believe, in the Wiley East game and played a little bit. But he's a JV quarterback, done real well against uh, the JV, uh, for the JV team. We see a sideline warning against the Falcons. Be just a warning. Man, do they not have a get-back coach? I thought every team had a get-back coach. They said, get back, get back. Well, I think it's the coaching staff that might, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have a problem if the get-back coach is the one that's not getting back. They're just very passionate coaching staff. And on the jet sweep, it's Austin Ream. Strong right around the left side. He's going to end up falling ahead for a couple of yards. It was well covered, well defended that time by the Falcon defense. I will say that the Jackrabbits, they, they do their fakes very well. They execute them very well. There's been a couple times I've had to kind of double take. 
Yeah, we've got a timeout on the field from Coach Jackson and the Falcons. So with that, we'll take a step away. 3.07 to play in the second quarter. It's 36-6, Falcons on top. It's KFNY Sports, True Texas Radio. As temperatures cool, call Forney Air. Your hometown independent American Standard Air Customer Care dealer is here to make sure you stay comfortable. No matter the temperature outside, Forney Air can help. Give them a call at 214-924-9745 to schedule an appointment and let their expert technicians keep your system in tip-top condition. That number once again is 214-924-9745. That's Forney Air at 214-924-9745 or find them online at ForneyAirAndHeat.com. left in the first half. The Jackrabbits are facing a third and seven from their own 32-yard line. Coach Jackson and the Falcons just called a timeout. They want to try to get the ball back and score another touchdown before half. It's kind of been the uh, the Falcon MO all year long. Just keep the pedal to the metal, full throttle, uh, and really until late in the game. Take nothing for granted. And it's been the same here. So far through the sixth FCA Unity Bowl. Rodeau in the shotgun for the Jackrabbits. He'll take the snap, rolls out to his right, being pressured. He looks deep down the field. He's got a man. It's caught and then dropped out of bounds by Casey Cornelius, but they're going to say he hold on to it. And that is Sean Stevens with a big first down catch all the way down to the Falcon 47-yard line. This Jackrabbit offense has made some big plays throughout the game there. Definitely a, a, an offense you can't go to sleep on because they'll, they'll definitely come at you with a big play. Three minutes even remaining in quarter number two. Jackrabbits now have a first down at the Falcon 30, or 47. Of course, at halftime, we will bring you both bands, the Pride of Falcon Nation band and the Esprit de Corps of Forney. Rodeau takes a snap, draws back. He's looking right, throws right. Got a man in the, uh, near the right sideline. Falls out of bounds at the 41-yard line. That's a good for a gain of six. It's Caleb Bowman, the running back. They'll take out and... Go to in the flat some. The senior for this Jack Everett team as well. Second down and a long four. Under three to play. Of course, at the end of the third quarter, we will call the mascot race. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> and I think Can't it's wait. from the middle schools as well, right? Is it? Because I, I saw some other mascots I didn't recognize. Well, there's a Whataburger guy. He looks dressed like a French fry box. As they hand it off around the left side of the jet sweep. This one to Caleb Bolin. And he'll be knocked out of bounds, but he does have the first down and does have the 35. That's where he'll step out there. Again, the clock will stop as he gets out of bounds. 2.48 left in the first half. North Forney offense, or the Fort North Forney defense, out of the first drive, almost the first two drives, really, that they gave up to the Jackrabbits have really clamped down defensively here, and that's what's created this 36-6 lead. The Jackrabbits driving again as they're at the 35 of the Falcons now in the pistol formation. Bowling the running back behind Rodeau, who's in the shotgun. He'll fake the handoff. Draws back. He's standing at his own 45. Takes a shot deep down the field. He's got Carroll in coverage, and it's intercepted. Looked like uh, that's Derek Holt who intercepted it. They're going to say intercepted at the one-yard line. Well, one saying the one. No, they're going to say a touchback. He fell into the end zone, went up high with both hands, and snagged it away from the receiver for another Falcon interception. Well, incredible play there by Derek Holt. Now, we won't be able to talk about the game as much in the halftime because of the bands. So right now, uh, got the stats for the game. North Forney's leading in total yardage by, by quite a bit. 
286 total yards, 266 total yards from Forney. Um, 239 of those have been through the air for North Forney. Yeah, and of course that halftime show will be brought to, or the Forney Air halftime show. If you're having troubles with your heating or air conditioner, call Forney Air at 214-924-9745 and tell them you heard heard about it right here on KFY True Texas Radio. And then, of course, both those bands, like we mentioned, will be brought to you by our friends over at Award Music. For all your musical needs, including repair, rental, and sales, call Award Music today at 972-524-9995 or find them online at awardmusic.com. Colby fakes the throw out to the right, and he's going to throw back out to the right again. And a nice move. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. A little cheap shot. Yeah. <laughs> nice juke move there from Jaden Barral along the sideline. Left a Forney defender grasping at air. Jane Burrell's really coming to his own the past couple weeks. He's really solidified his place there on the receiving squad for the Falcons. First and 10 from the 32-yard line. This time they're going to hand it off to – I'm not sure who that is. That's not Calvin Rivera or Nate Miller, number 27. Looks like Jacob Soto. Jacob Soto really with probably his first carry in a really, really long time. You know, Soto was a guy that – uh, when I came up here for the spring game way back in April or May, uh, he was a guy that they the coaching staff spoke very highly of. They really liked Soto, and uh, you know between him and Nate Miller going forward, uh, you know Miller being a junior and Soto being a sophomore, they're really going to have uh, the backfield taken care of from a running back position even after Calvin leaves. I think he does a lot of some of the running duties for the JV team, I believe, and, and he's done a great job there. He's listed as a defensive back. They've got a personal foul face mask on the Jackrabbits, so that will be an automatic first down for the Falcons. I tell you, looking penalty-wise, it's really been, I believe the, the Jackrabbits have twice the penalties that the Falcons do, and that's something that we've really seen a lot from the Falcons. It's just really good discipline play. And I talked to Coach about that after last week's game because West Mesquite was a pretty chippy team, a mouthy team, and he said, you know, we just we knew that they were going to be that way. And uh, – he said, so we, uh, he goes, he was just real proud of his guys for not stooping to that level uh, against West Mesquite. And uh, they're doing a great job. They've done a great job all season of keeping their cool. So they're going to march this one off after the face mask penalty against the Jackrabbits down to the 40 44. Colby in the shotgun, takes the snap, fakes the handoff to Soto, throws it over the middle. It's caught by Barclay Ford. Looking for the first down. They're going to say he's a yard short, down to the 35. Nice throw and catch from Colby to Barclay in traffic over the middle. It was a bullet that Barclay went up high to get. Of course, it was a bullet that Bar went through Barclay's hands a couple weeks ago at Lovejoy that was taken back for a pick six that really changed the shape of that game. This time, he's able to hold on to it and make it second down and one. Kobe fakes the handoff. He's looking down the left sideline, looking, looking. Now he's going to roll out back to his right. Looks down the sideline. He's got Jordan Carroll inside the five. Caught for a touchdown over the defender. Carroll with another amazing touchdown catch. I tell you, that young man who's uh, received a couple offers this week from colleges. I know Houston Baptist has reached out to him. And also there's another Southeastern one. Southeastern Oklahoma. Southeastern, that's right. And then, of course, he's been talking to Midwestern, but just a great young man. The offer's starting to come in, and I think a lot of us do to plays like that, that he's just really, really uh, an athletic young man. Wow, what a big throw and catch there. Colby looked down the left side. That was well covered. He looked, he looked, he looked, then had to roll out to his right as the uh, extra point snap goes well over the head of Colby. And Carlos is just going to fall on top of it near the 20-yard line. And somebody pushes Colby down. Colby points to the scoreboard and says, hey, yeah, uh, it's okay. You can push me. That's fine. He's like, look at the scoreboard, bruh. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he pointed that way. So the extra point is no good, but that does make it 42-6. Falcons on top, a minute 45 to play in the second quarter. We'll take a break. You're listening to KFNY Sports, True Texas Radio. Your next new car is waiting for you at Musser Chevrolet in Terrell. Musser's has been in business since 1962, making great deals on new and pre-owned cars and trucks. They also offer top-of-the-line automotive service by trained technicians with the most current diagnostic and repair equipment available. And they'll even offer you a free loan car while your GM car is serviced. Visit Musser Chevrolet today for your new Chevrolet or quality pre-owned vehicle. Musser Chevrolet is at 1212 Westmore Avenue in Terrell. All About Floors is a proud sponsor of the 40 community. Call and set up your free estimate whether you need a new shower, new carpet, or new wooden floors. Give All About Floors a call. Pets? Kids? No problem. All About Floors can help you choose the right product for your busy family and all your flooring needs. Call All About Floors today at 972-564-5533. That's 972-564-5333. Or find us online at allaboutfloorsandmore.com. All About Floors says, Go Falcons! You are listening to the home of North Forney Falcons football, KFNY, True Texas Radio. Minute 45 left to play in the first half. It's 42-6. Falcons on top. Last touchdown, a big throw from Colby to Jordan Carroll, who's made so many dazzling catches on the year, a lot of them for touchdowns. He's just one of many Falcons playmakers they have at the receiver position who can make some highlight reel catches. Rodriguez is going to kick this an onside kick, and it's going to bounce and be fielded by Forney. It bounced off a Falcon defender or a Falcon uh, return guy. But it was ended up being picked up by the Jackrabbits, and they're going to say that it was touched at the 49 of North Forney. It's a bit interesting you go for an onside kick when you're up by as much as you are, but no, not, not if it you've would seen be for most teams. <laughs> yeah. North Forney will onside kick it all the time, and that's yeah. that's the only reason I don't have much much of an issue with it because they do it a lot. They just they do it. They just don't want you to know what they're doing, and so they'll onside kick it at any point in any part of the game. I think they called or er, false start on a uh, the kicking team North Forney. Well, and what's weird on that a lot of times is the kicker will step past the ball when before he goes to kick it, and so I, technically that would be offsides. And so they're just going to march the five yards from where the ball was touched at the 49. So the, the Jackrabbits will start over, at, or they'll start their possession now at the 43-yard line of the Falcons. And they also do an cr interesting crossing with two kickers, and so sometimes uh, that will get them on the offsides call as well when you got those two kickers crossing. I like to think of it as Coach Jackson was just being nice and giving the Jackrabbits a chance at having good field <laughs> position. But maybe I'm biased. Rodeau takes a snap. He's going to roll out right. He's looking down the field, and this one's going to be well over the head of his intended receiver, Sean Stevens, with Casey Cornelius and Kyle Hogwood in coverage. He's a very nice guy for sure, but when he gets between the, the pylons and gets between the hash marks, he's a focused coach. So, Well, and I think, you know, that's, just, that's part of the aggressive mantra for Coach Jackson is, like I said, they will onside kick it at any point. They'll run a trick play at any point. They'll air it out at any point. I mean, the first game of the season, it was, what, five onside kicks in a row? Yeah. Mount Pleasant remembers that one. Yeah. <laughs> Rodeau takes a snap. Running the read option on the jet sweep. He gives it to Ream. Ream throws a stiff form, but does get brought down right after it. As he crosses the 40-yard line down to the 37. It was after week one when 
District 15 5A really started to study the onside kick because <laughs> they knew that was going to be a, a force. But it's funny, though, as District progressed, they kind of laid off of it quite a bit. Well, and like, you know, as we got to, to tougher opponents with better better coach teams, they, they were able to scheme it a little bit better, a lot, a lot better, actually. So North Forney did kind of start going away from it. But I think they want to keep doing it because they, they never know when they might need it in the playoffs. I think they want to stay fresh on it. Rodeau takes the direct snap, rolls right to the right side, and Barclay Ford is all over him. Wraps him up by the uh, by the top of the jersey and ropes him out of bounds. Completely legal, but uh, Forney nonetheless took ex exception to it. Yeah, they didn't like it, but it was just a good physical play there. That brings up fourth down and six from the Falcon 39. 45 seconds to play in the first half. Falcons lead 42 to six. Of course, both bands coming up here at halftime. We'll bring them to you. Pride of Falcon Nation Band and the Esprit de Corps on the Forney Air Halftime Show, and that will be brought to you by Award Music and Terrell. How about this defense for the Falcons? They've really come alive this second quarter. And it looks like Forney's going to let the play clock run out and either maybe call a timeout at the end or just let it expire and take the five-yard penalty. It would be their final timeout, I believe. And they're going to call a timeout. So as they take a timeout, so will we. 16 seconds to play in quarter number two. It's 42-6 Falcons on top. It's KFNY Sports, True Texas Radio. Hello, Goonville, Texas. This is Tracy Gray of Guest and Gray Attorneys at Law. Hard work, determination, teamwork. These traits are the backbone of any successful organization. These words also describe this year's North Forney Falcons football team. That is why everyone at Guest and Gray supports Coach Randy Jackson and the Goons. We also wish the best of luck this school year to all North Forney educators, students, and parents. Go Falcons! Just 16 seconds remain in the first half. North Forney has really been up big for most of the game. It started out pretty tight. Both teams scored on their opening possessions. Or, yeah, yeah, for, North, yeah, and then North Forney went down, scored on their second possession. Forney drove the field, the length of the field, in their second possession, all the way down to the one, could not punch it in, ended up throwing an interception. And ever since then, it has been all North Forney. The Jackrabbits here, no timeouts left, 16 seconds left. Fourth and seven from their own four, or from the Falcon 40. Rodeau drops back, has to step up in the pocket. Now he's being flushed out to his left. He stops, he plants, he throws deep down the field. And it's going to be caught by Sean Stevens in the end zone. Nice adjustment made by him. It was Mockwall in coverage. Stevens made a nice, did a nice job of coming back to get the ball. Rodeau aired it out with, uh, with nothing to regret. Four seconds left, and Forney scores a touchdown. Just really a, a very disciplined catch there by Stevens. Uh, he knew what he needed to do. A really impressive job there. Rodeau takes the direct snap, and it's going to be intercepted. I think that's Casey Cornelius. He's running down the right side and trying to outrun Rodeau, and Rodeau's going to catch him and push him out of bounds across midfield. That's an untimed down, but it doesn't really mean anything in the end, as it just means a, a Two-point conversion is no good. We do have a flag on the far sideline there, so I'm sure some... Uh, and another late and another late flag. So they had a late flag for just what happened right after the play, and then as with some of the 40 players were walking back over, right in front of the officials, two of the, those officials threw flags. 
And so we'll, I, I, since this is after the failed two-point conversion, what that's probably going to be is to be assessed on the kickoff. So with four seconds left, you never know what could happen. Officials still conferring. Again, these rivalry games uh, a lot of times happen in the lat, you know, end of the season. Week 10 in my hometowns, their rivalry games going on tonight as well with playoff implications sometimes. So they're just heated, emotional games. Yeah, the refs are still talking it over about the 45-yard line, trying to sort all this out. Perhaps probably, you know, where a ball ball placement's going to go. Or it will be assessed on the kickoff, that yeah. kind of that deal. Were either of you guys at the dinner that North Forney and Forney no, had together? We, uh, so I, was, I wonder how that went. From all accounts, it went very cordially, very well. I wonder if they uh, if they were kind of sort of segregated. They were, they were at the – okay, so they, they had you know, a big round table set up, mm -hmm. and they were each, – each table had it – like it was all North Forney players or all Forney players. They weren't mm -hmm. intermingled, but the tables themselves were intermingled throughout. But everybody at a single table was from one team. And these were respectful. These are respectful young men. You know, the I FCA believe. puts it on, so yeah. <laughs> they make it a huge point to make it not a big deal. Jacob Forsett was there, so they probably also didn't want to get too crazy with a ex-NFL player there. Former you say NFL Jacob player. or Justin? I think it's Justin. Uh, Justin. Okay, yeah. I, was sure. I was like, I don't know what Jacob Forsett. I was like, who? Is? Okay, Justin. Justin Forsett, sorry about yeah. that. That's a former. Who do you play for? I know he played for the, the Ravens. Ravens. Some. Uh, I don't even know who else he played for. I only remember the Ravens. That's that's what I remember too. We're set. Maybe the Lions. Maybe who knows? I was thinking the Colts, but I could be completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they they've cycled through running backs quite a bit over there in Indianapolis, even since Peyton's day. Forty-two to twelve is the score. The Falcons lead. Still Four seconds a, remaining. Yeah, still ain't gotten a call from the the White Hat. Now the uh, now the refs are talking. The head officials over here on the Forney sideline talking it over with Coach Rush, head coach from Forney. Do you have any updated scores for us? Uh, well, most of the 16-5A scores haven't changed because they were all in halftime. They're getting ready to start the second half. Poteet and West Mesquite are playing. Uh, Poteet is up 17 to 14 and at halftime, and that's looking like a play-in game. So it means a lot. Uh, the winner of that's probably going to play Marshall in the first round, depending on how the Lovejoy Roy City game goes. And Lovejoy is up 21 to six at halftime, so it's looking like Poteet. If it if the stand if the scores hold, Poteet's going to play Marshall in the first round, and Lovejoy will play the bottom seed of whoever the 16-5A teams end up. Marshall's being. Marshall's an interesting team. They had a coaching change. Mm -hmm. They um, have the old uh, Desoto head coach. I can't remember his Claude Mathis name. is yes. his name. He's been an assistant at SMU. He was a, mm -hmm. most recently an assistant under Chad Morris at SMU. They came over to coach uh, Marshall this year. They brought him over in the spring and done a great job. Started off kind of slow because they had a, a pretty tough schedule the first few weeks, but once they got in the district, really done pretty well. Yeah, I think they went 0-4 in non-district and then proceeded to uh, just dem demolish through 16-5A uh, going 6-0. A very history program. They lost in the state title game to Highland Park when Matt Stafford was playing for Highland Park. And Matt Stafford just destroyed Marshall. I believe that was in 2006. So we're going to have, was that offsetting penalties? Is that what he's saying? We have a personal foul against Forney. Personal foul against Forney. So not an offsetting, just personal fouls against Forney. So I was wondering if they maybe would have ejected somebody 
And I, you know what they might have? He's walking off the field and he's mad. That guy, number that's Devin five, that is Devin Rideau. I wonder if he's been tossed. He's heading. To, I mean, there's only four seconds left, so maybe they're just kind of let him kind of air out a little bit as he already heads to the locker room. But usually, that's why they talk to the, the coaches so long, is because they're they're explaining to him why they ejected a player or not. We'll see. I think he already has had a couple of unsportsmanlike conduct penalties called on earlier in the game, so that might be why. Well, two personal fouls results in ejection, I believe. Not in sportsman, like I think it's just personal fouls. Okay. Um, don't quote me wrong, but I know we saw it against West Mesquite last week. So yeah, okay. We'll know one way or another to start the second half if he's out there or if he's not. So after those penalties, which I do say penalties because that backs them all the way up to they assess both personal foul penalties all the way back. Now Forney will. <laughs> Forney will be kicking off from their own 13-yard line. And they're going to bounce this one, almost an onside kick. It's going to be taken and dropped on by Jackson Ennels at, at the 35-yard line of Forney. Now, there is still two seconds left, and 35 yards is nothing to this Falcon offense. Uh, they're probably going to take a knee, though, as I would assume. But as we've stated several times, you never know. 42-12. to 12. Of course, at halftime, we will... Go to a quick break, and when we return from that, we will bring you the Pride of Falcon Nation band up first, the band of North Forney, and the Forney band, which is the Esprit de Corps. That'll be during the Forney Air Halftime Show. And those bands will be brought to you by Award Music and Terrell. So if you try to check in for a halftime show where we're talking, it's too bad. We're going to get to eat and drink while you listen to the bands. Colby in the shotgun. Rivera, the running back to his left. They've got... An extra offensive lineman on the right side of the formation. They're going to fake the handoff to Calvin. Kobe drops back. He looks. He looks. Avoids the defender. The clock expires. He looks deep. He's got Jordan Carroll. And the ball goes off his hands right inside the five-yard line. Pass falls incomplete. And that will bring us to the end of the first half. Our score after one half of play, it's the North Forney Falcons 42. The Forney Jackrabbits 12. You're listening to KFMY Sports, True Texas Radio. Do you ever just want to get away or celebrate an event? Well, look no further. Christy Lynn Travel can help you achieve those dreams and help you make memories that will last you a lifetime. Christy Lynn Travel is a full-service travel agency right here in Forney, but her five-star service has her servicing clients from all over the country. So don't try to do it all yourself. Take your travel needs to the expert who will take care of you. Christy Lynn Travel. Call 469-878-4248 or email christy at christylyntravel.com. If your roof is sustained, hail, wind, or any storm damage, call the professional roof experts at Maximum Construction and Restoration. They are experts in roof repair or complete roofing system replacements, and they're locally owned and operated and fully insured. We will be glad to guide you through the insurance claim process. As our customer, you can choose from our wide selection of shingles that are guaranteed to last. Call 469-595-6059 today for your free roof inspection, or find us online at MaximumConstructionTX.com. Your roofer is your life. Go Falcons! You are listening to the home of North Forney Falcons football, KFNY, True Texas Radio. Welcome back, folks. Jaron here with KFNY Sports. We are at halftime where the Pride of Falcon Nation Band are getting ready to take the field. So we will turn the mic up and tune in for that. And shortly after the Pride of Falcon Nation Band ends, I'll come on, do a little quick stat recap as the Esprit de Corps for Forney gets ready, and so we'll be able to broadcast that performance as well. So right now, here is the Pride of Falcon Nation Band for North Forney High School. 
from Gunnersville, Texas, your pride of Falcon Nation band. Welcome back, folks. That was the Pride of the Falcon Nation Band brought to you by Award Music here during the Forney Air Halftime Show. We'll go to a quick break. When we come back, we might have some time to get to some stats, but then we will let you listen in live to the Esprit de Corps Band from Forney High School. So we'll be back here on KFY Sports, True Texas Radio. In Terrell, Texas, Award Music has been serving DFW for more than 15 years. They're known for friendly, hometown service, sales, rentals, and especially their repairs. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff has experience in repairing a wide range of instruments, and they work hard to get your student back on the field and back in the studio in no time. Call today at 972-524-9995 to see how Award Music can serve you. Once again, that number is 972-524-9995 or find them online at awardmusic.com. As temperatures cool, call Forney Air. Your hometown independent American Standard Air Customer Care dealer is here to make sure you stay comfortable. No matter the temperature outside, Forney Air can help. Give them a call at 214-924-9745 to schedule an appointment and let their expert technicians keep your system in tip-top condition. That number once again is 214-924-9745. That's Forney Air at 214-924-9745 or find them online at ForneyAirAndHeat.com. Hey y'all, this is Will Riggs and I want to tell you about Young Ideas, your dish authorized retailer. At Young Ideas, they believe in the power of listening. They believe it so much that Dish is the first TV provider to partner with another great listener, Amazon Alexa. Now, you can easily tell Alexa to do things like find your favorite show, search for movies, or play your team's game without ever touching a remote. To learn more, call Young Ideas today at 903-560-9150. We're local and tuned in to you. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Young Ideas at 903-560-9150. You are listening to the home of North Forney Falcons football, KFNY, True Texas Radio. Welcome back, folks. So right now, the drill teams, the Sapphire Strutters and the drill team from Forney are doing a drill together. They started with, we're all in this together, from the old high school musical film. Maybe so they are uh, dancing now to some uh, pre-recorded music. And as soon as they are done, the Esprit de Corps band from Forney High School will take the field, and we'll let you tune in to that performance. So until then, we want to give you some updates. Total yards for North Forney, 386 to 215 total yards for Forney. 330 of North Forney's is through the air, and 141 of Forney's was through the air. Kobe Suits is 12 for 18. Uh, Jordan Carroll was one for one from passing that touchdown pass to Kobe Suits in the end zone there. The rushing attempts for North Forney, 15 attempts, 56 total yards for Forney. It's 18 attempts to 74 total yards. Passing-wise, of course, you got Kobe Suits, 316 yards, four touchdowns, and Jordan Carroll, 14 yards, one touchdown. On the ground, Calvin Rivera, 28 yards. Kobe Suits, 14 yards. Jacob Soto, 9 yards. Corey Mayfield Jr., 5 yards. Because these stats are according to Dallas Morning News, Sports Day, DFW. Now, receiving-wise, huge night for senior Jordan Carroll. 147 yards, 2 touchdowns. 
Jackson Ennels has 63 yards. Corey Mayfield Jr., 41 yards, one touchdown. Jane Burrell, 39 yards, one touchdown. Barclay Ford, 26 yards. And Kobe Suits, had, of course, had that 14-yard reception for a touchdown. So, again, uh, a game that North Forney has taken control of so far, but Forney did strike last in the first, uh, towards the last uh, bit of the first half to uh, squeeze the gap a little bit, but North Forney still leads 42 to 12. Now the Esprit de Corps is getting ready to take the field, so we'll go ahead and let you tune in to that action. Color guard director is Casey Sneed. Drum line instructor is Shannon Jacobs. The band is under the field direction of drum majors, Karina Proper, Megan Wilson, and John Lennon. Color guard officers are Madison White, Anna Marie Jones, Alexis Yonka, and Emily Luba. Percussion officers are Evan Donaldson, Connor Rowe, Ross Everett, and Zach Lewis. The band will be performing their state marching contest show for the final time, entitled Tabloid News, featuring Urban Dances by Richard Daniel Poor. Forty Texas, are you ready? I say. Forty Texas, are you ready? It's showtime! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Forty High School proudly brings to you, fresh off their fifth consecutive state marching competition, the award-winning Best Sound in Desiree! The 2017 Esprit de
event continues its performance with Lady Gaga's Paparazzi featuring soprano sax soloist Jake Paul.
The band will now like to welcome our future 40 high school band members to the field. The FHS band and Warren Middle School will be performing together with hand clap. Well, that was the Esprit de Corps band for Forney, and they are lined up on the sidelines, so they're about to do a combined performance with Warren Mill School, so we'll go back and take part of that. School and Esprit Decor band from Forney High School. Again, both band performances, the Pride Falcon Nation band and the Esprit Decor band brought to you by Award Music during the Forney Air Halftime Show. We'll take one more break, and when we come back, we'll be ready for a second half action here at Seabank Stadium in the 2017 FCA Unity Bowl here on KFNY Sports, True Texas Radio. Cool, call Forney Air. Your hometown independent American Standard Air Customer Care dealer is here to make sure you stay comfortable. No matter the temperature outside, Forney Air can help. Give them a call at 214-924-9745 to schedule an appointment and let their expert technicians keep your system in tip-top condition. That number once again is 214-924-9745. That's Forney Air at 214-924-9745 or find them online at ForneyAirAndHeat.com. Hey, y'all, this is Will Riggs, and I want to tell you about Young Ideas, your dish-authorized retailer. At Young Ideas, they believe in the power of listening. They believe it so much that Dish is the first TV provider to partner with another great listener, Amazon Alexa. 
Now you can easily tell Alexa to do things like find your favorite show, search for movies, or play your team's game without ever touching a remote. To learn more, call Young Ideas today at 903-560-9150. We're local and tuned in to you. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Young Ideas at 903-560-9150. Conveniently located in Terrell, Texas, Award Music has been serving DFW for more than 15 years. They're known for friendly hometown service, sales, rentals, and especially their repairs. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff has experience in repairing a wide range of instruments, and they work hard to get your student back on the field and back in the studio in no time. Call today at 972-524-9995 to see how Award Music can serve you. Once again, that number is 972-524-9995 or find them online at awardmusic.com. You are listening to the home of North Forney Falcons football, KFNY, True Texas Radio. All right, we're back. We're just a few minutes away from the second half kickoff. Before we start the second half, we'll let you know the score. It's 42 to 7, North or 42 to 12, North Forney leads Forney. Uh, Devin Rideau, the starting quarterback for the Jackrabbits, has been ejected. Uh, he That happened, the, the play, right before the end of the uh, first half. And I believe it also an offensive lineman, number 53, from what I understand, Eric Payton might have been, or a defensive lineman might have been ejected as well. We'll kind of get more word on him, but I believe Devin Rideau has been ejected. So, uh, Let's go over real quick to Hayden. He'll give us some of uh, the updated scores from around the rest of the District 15-5A, and we'll touch on uh, District 16-5A, where it will be the first-round opponent for the Falcons. Yeah, if you remember, the games we're looking at are uh, Lovejoy, Roy City, and Poteet, West Mesquite. Uh, Roy City is hanging in there with uh, Lovejoy. Lovejoy is up 21-17 to in the third quarter, and that's kind of a surprise. If Roy City ends up uh, upsetting Lovejoy, then North Forney takes over the top seed and, uh, and uh, the D2 playoffs, and will end up playing the bottom seed of 16-5A, whoever that might be. And then in the likely playing game, Poteet is up 24-21 to in the third quarter, which is also kind of sort of a, a surprise because I feel like a lot of people thought that West Mesquite would be the better team out of the two going into it. Um, over in 16-5A, over in 16-5A, uh, Sulphur Springs and Hallsville are in the fourth quarter midway through it. Sulphur Springs is up 19-0. If Sulphur Springs holds on, it'll eliminate Greenville from the playoffs, and it'll uh, guarantee North Morning will either play Sulphur Springs or Pine Tree in the first round of the playoffs. Okay. Well, there's that's like I said, there's still a lot to play. What did you say the Sulphur Springs score was? It's 19 to nothing. 19 nothing. Six, okay. With six minutes left in the game, they started at the same time we do, but they, I think East Texas football is a lot more. Uh, they like to run the ball a little bit more. They're a lot more physical, ground and pound style. They call it Beast Texas for, or yeah, Beast Texas football <laughs> for a reason. So their games usually go a lot faster. So I think we might see a lot of a, a faster pace next week. Whoever they end up playing. All right, so we will definitely keep you updated as we go along, especially that Lovejoy Roy City score, because depending on if Lovejoy wins or loses, that would directly affect the first round opponent for the North Forney Falcons. So we'll keep uh, keep in touch with Hayden as we go along. We're ready to start the second half from the 30 yard line. The Jackrabbits will take over. Of course, a new quarterback in, and it's thrown and complete at the 40 yard line. The new quarterback for the Jackrabbits that will be number 15. Campbell Anderson, the sophomore, will come in and get duty behind Devin Rideau, who, like I said, uh, was ejected at the very end of that first half. A couple of unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, uh, some flags thrown 
on the, what was it, a, a missed two-point conversion that was intercepted by North Point return all the way out to midfield. Rideau was the one who tackled the player out of bounds, and then after that is when the flags were thrown. Yeah, even after that first play, there was a little bit of an extracurricular activity between two of the linemen. I'm sure that will go on through most of the game. This one's a handoff around to Ream around the left side on the jet sweep. He's got the first down as they were looking for just a yard. And he'll be knocked out of bounds before he can reach the 45, but it is enough to move the chains, and the Jackrabbits have the first first down of the second half. There's a good chance that we're looking at a, a, the future quarterback for the Jackrabbits with Rideau being a senior. You know, and it looks like you know it might be kind of a, a different style there, I guess, so it may be a, a different tone of offense, and we may see that tonight. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who this Campbell Anderson is. I've never seen him play. But I can promise you he's nowhere near as good as uh, Devin Rideau and with his playmaking ability. Yeah, Rideau kind of reminded me a lot. He looked a lot like Lamar Jackson does at Louisville, the way he played, the way he's able to roll out and make plays with his feet. And he also he didn't have that bad of an arm either. He was No, he really he did really make good. a couple of really nice throws down the field. Even that touchdown pass, he just kind of aired up just a little bit but had a, enough arm strength to get it down there. And he had another couple another, a couple other passes that were just dropped by the receivers. Well, it's already obvious they're not running a, an option-type offense like they were with Rideau. Anderson, the quarterback. He's got a running back to his right, two receivers to the right, and one to the left. Second down and seven. Hand off to Ream. Ream's going to be met right away and driven back uh, right before he can reach the line of scrimmage. He'll give him just outside the 45-yard line. That'll bring up a third in the long eight for the Jackrabbits as they trail the Falcons 42 to 12 with 9.50 to play in the third quarter. Of course, if you're just joining us, no Devin Rideau to start the second half for the rest of the game for the Jackrabbits as he was ejected. So it will be Anderson, Campbell Anderson the rest of the way for the Jackrabbits. Three receivers to the left this time. Anderson drops back, drops back, takes off up the middle. Got a little room to run. He's going to take a big hit there from Roby Robinson. But he is able to fall ahead past the first down marker down to the 46-yard line. And obviously, Rideau kind of brought that on himself. But you do hate to see it, him being a senior. You know, this was his – them not going to the playoffs. This was his last game you know, in high school. I'm not sure. I, th I think he may have some colleges um, he's committed to, but I'm not sure. First and ten for the Jackrabbits. The wind has picked up here a little bit. Thankfully, it's not blowing right at us because that would be pretty chilly. Anderson takes the snap, hands it off to Ream. Ream gets the line of scrimmage, keeps his feet moving. Off the left at edge, and he'll have a yard after the end of all that. also wanted to mention this week Kyle Hogwood, starting cornerback and safety for the Falcons, signed with Paris Junior College to play baseball. And so he did that this past Wednesday for a fall signing day. I'm partial because I'm from Paris, so I know the program there. And so I think uh, Kyle will do a great job there. Are you sure it's not par pronounced Paris? Sometimes it is. We do have an Eiffel Tower with a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. Hogwood was he, uh, I think he's starting shortstop for the North Forney varsity yeah. baseball team. You'll get to see him some this spring. I will. Anderson takes the snap. He's going to roll out to his right, looks downfield. He's got a man. It's complete, and he's going to be cut with his legs underneath him by Casey Cornelius. And the pass is incomplete. Austin Reams slow to get up. So that's going to bring up third and almost 10 back at the Falcon 45-yard line. 
Coming up on the eight-minute mark left to play in the third quarter. North Forney has really been unstoppable on the offensive side of the ball. They're yet to punt tonight. They're yet to turn the ball over. Every time they've touched it offensively, they have scored. Third and a long nine for the Jackrabbits. The Falcon 45. Anderson in the shotgun takes the snap, draws back. Looking, looking, being pressured, trying to set up a screen. They get it complete. That's Bolin on the reception. He'll have the first down all the way to the 32-yard line. Nicely set up. Willie Thomas almost got a hand on it. But it was enough for the first down. End up moving the chains. Now, on that play, we saw three down linemen for the Falcon defense, and it looks like they may go back to the four. And this is the this is kind of the, the chance in the game that you can uh, kind of work on some things that you might want to throw out there as wrinkles in the playoffs, like working on your 3-4 defense or your 4-2-5, and that's kind of what they're doing a little bit here of now. So Anderson drops back, throws left. It's complete on the out route to Sean Stevens for a gain of six on the play. And again, like I said earlier, now the Forney offense is not a complete option, but Rideau adds an option there. And, and this uh, Campbell Anderson, a uh, little bit more with his arm, what we're seeing so far than, than what Rideau did the first half. Yeah, we saw Anderson scramble uh, a couple plays ago, and he had, looks like he has some wheels. I don't know if he just has the qu quite the playmaking ability. I think, I think Hayden kind of hit on the head when he kind of had the Lamar Jackson comparison for the quarterback from Louisville, just a play, uh, straight up playmaking. This time Anderson will keep this one. He's going to have a first down on that run. Up the middle of the field, down to the 18-yard line of the Falcons and the Jackrabbits on their first drive of the second half. And a pretty intimidating stage <laughs> to, to come in on, you know, the Unity Bowl, you know, where – Forney's potentially, you know, going to fall for the – looks like, you know, they will fall for the first time and you come in the second half. Um, that's a pretty big stage to start your uh, high school varsity career on. Campbell in the shotgun, takes a snap, rolls right. Still rolling, still rolling, looks deep, throws to the end zone. Oh, oh one-handed catch by Austin Ream for the touchdown. It looked like Casey Cornelius had an opportunity, kind of stopped his uh, coverage a little bit short, then jumped for it, went over his outstretched reach, and right into one hand to Austin Ream, who made a nice, spectacular touchdown catch. Wow, so the Jackrabbits not backing down by no means. Still wanting to put as much as they can on the board. 6.54 left in the third quarter. It's 42-18 now as the Jackrabbits line up for the extra point. Snaps good, holds good, kick is up and also good. 6.54 to play in the third quarter. It's the Falcons 42, the Jackrabbits 19. Listen to KFNY Sports, True Texas Radio. Your next new car is waiting for you at Musser Chevrolet in Terrell. Musser's has been in business since 1962, making great deals on new and pre-owned cars and trucks. They also offer top-of-the-line automotive service by trained technicians with the most current diagnostic and repair equipment available. And they'll even offer you a free loan car while your GM car is serviced. Visit Musser Chevrolet today for your new Chevrolet or quality pre-owned vehicle. Musser Chevrolet is at 1212 Westmore Avenue in Terrell. All About Floors is a proud sponsor of the 40 community. Call and set up your free estimate whether you need a new shower, new carpet, or new wooden floors. Give All About Floors a call. Pets? Kids? 
no problem. All About Floors can help you choose the right product for your busy family and all your flooring needs. Call All About Floors today at 972-564-5533. That's 972-564-5333. Or find us online at allaboutfloorsandmore.com. All About Floors says, Go Falcons! You are listening to the home of North Forney Falcons football, KFNY, True Texas Radio. Jackrabbits getting set to kick off from their own 40-yard line. They took the opening possession of the second half down the field for a touchdown. And that drive was led by Campbell Anderson, who looked like he, uh, like he knew what he was doing offensively. It's a bouncing kick that's going to be fielded at the 40-yard line there by Jackson Ennels. It's a good field position for the Falcons to start things off for them in the second half. They'll take over at their own 41-yard line. Colby and the offense will come back out onto the field. Like I mentioned just a few minutes ago, their offense is so far in the night perfect. I don't know how many drives they've had, but they have scored on every possession that they have had. See, they have, what, 42 points, so six possessions in the first half. They've had six touchdowns. No punts, no turnovers. They had a two-point two conversion to start the game, then in the last touchdown they had a bad snap that ended up resulting in a missed extra point, missed two-point conversion. Hand off to Rivera. Rivera across midfield, still on his feet. He'll have enough for the first down, a gain of 10 on the play. And the Falcons back up to the line of scrimmage quickly. Rivera still the running back. He's got two receivers set up to the right side of the field. Corey Mayfield Jr., the receiver to the left with Michael Cord as the H-back. Colby again hands it off to Rivera. He'll put his head down across the middle of the line of scrimmage. And he'll go all the way down to the 41, a gain of seven that time for Calvin. I was talking to Calvin a little bit before the game, and he was telling me that you know, he's really hoping that he gets to start picking up some D1 offers, hopefully, maybe even some D2. Uh, he's going tomorrow to check out a, a D3 school. I can't remember who he said. He'll get another handoff and pull a couple of jackrabbits across the first down marker down to the 35. But uh, he was really, that's, you know, he's really passionate about, you know, that's kind of his goal is to get a scholarship offer from, you know, D1 or D2 school. He feels like he's good enough to play that. Uh, you know, I told him, I said, well, how fast, you know, how fast do you run? Because I know the last guy's going to look at that. He said a 4-5. He runs a 4-5, he said. He's showing his strength right there on that handoff. He's got another first down, a gain of 12 on the play. All the way down to the 23, and uh, I was uh, he's definitely got the power. I was uh, listening in on your conversation with him, and it's, it didn't sound like he wanted a D1 offer. It sounded like he was determined to get one. Uh, that's yeah. Hey, I'm glad you kind of say that because that's probably a better way of putting that. As he's determined on this carry, picks up another seven hard, hard earned seven yards. That was that was kind of thing. It wasn't like, hey, you know, I, I want a D1. Like I'm, I'm good enough to get a D1 kind of thing. Like you know, brash or uh, anything like that. It was like I, I feel like I deserve one. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna stop until I get one. Like that's that's my goal. I want to press hard. As he takes another handoff, and he's gonna be right near a first down marker, maybe about a half yard shy. And I'll bring up third and, and almost a yard. Well, he's a young man. If you just look at his, you know, his his body type and his size, you know, it doesn't jump out at you. But he runs so much larger than his size and so it's something that you really got to see film on to really capture um, who Calvin Bear is in, in his style of play. When we talked about as he gets another handoff, breaks inside the five, touchdown Falcons and Calvin Ribera has his first touchdown on the night. 
You know, he was talking about, he told me that his dad at a young age said, hey, you need to start working on your legs, get your leg strength, because nobody else does it. And you can see it in the way he plays, but the way he carries guys with him, and he fights for the extra yardage because he's so strong in the lower body. He was telling me that he uh, he maxes 535 in squat wow. for a guy who's about, what, one, maybe 180? Yeah. Yeah, probably, what, 5'7", five, 5'8"? Yeah, five, eight, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, uh, he's probably about – He's a slightly taller than I am, so he's about 5'10-ish, 5'10", 180. The extra point is up and good for the Falcons. So with 4.40 remaining in the third quarter, the Falcons' offense strikes once again. It's 49-19. Falcons lead. You're listening to KFY Sports, True Texas Radio. Hello, Goonville, Texas. This is Tracy Gray of Guestin Gray Attorneys at Law. Hard work, determination, teamwork. These traits are the backbone of any successful organization. These words also describe this year's North Forney Falcons football team. That is why everyone at Guest and Gray supports Coach Randy Jackson and the Goons. We also wish the best of luck this school year to all North Forney educators, students, and parents. Go Falcons! Conveniently located in Terrell, Texas, Award Music has been serving DFW for more than 15 years. They're known for friendly hometown service, sales, rentals, and especially their repairs. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff has experience in repairing a wide range of instruments, and they work hard to get your student back on the field and back in the studio in no time. Call today at 972-524-9995 to see how Award Music can serve you. Once again, that number is 972-524-9995 or find them online at awardmusic.com. Be sure to download our free mobile app, now available on iTunes and Google Play. This is KFNY, True Texas Radio. Rodriguez will squib this one down the field. Bounces at the 20-yard line. It's finally picked up at the 15 there by Bolin for the Jackrabbits. He'll try to reverse field and bring it around the right side, trying to get the the edge, and he'll get all the way near the 35-yard line. He's ran out of bounds there by Roby Robinson. And they'll say he got to the 36, and that's where the Jackrabbits will take over for their second try in the second half. Uh, there's a final score over in 16-5A. Sulphur Springs beat Hallsville 19-7, and that clinches Sulphur Springs a playoff spot and eliminates Greenville from the playoffs. Um, the seeding is still being worked out. Sulphur Springs will be a top seed if Greenville beats Mount Pleasant. If Mount Pleasant beats Greenville, then Sulphur Springs will be the bottom seed. And right now, Mount Pleasant is up 28 to 10 over Greenville, which is kind of a kind of a shocker. So who take does Pine Tree take the top seed? Pine if Tree Mount takes wins? Pine Tree takes the top seed if uh, Mount Pleasant wins, and it looks like they're going to. So, and uh, Roy City kicked another field goal to, uh, and they are now trailing Lovejoy by a score of only 21 to 20, like with six minutes in the fourth quarter. So. North Forney seating hasn't even been decided. And we've got an injury timeout to a Forney player. We'll stay right here, though. And I did get confirmation that at the end of the third quarter is the mascot race. So be sure, Jerry, when we get to the third quarter, not to go anywhere because we will stay right here and call that mascot race. I know there would be the Falcon will be in there. I know the Jackrabbit will be in there. I'm going to call him Whataburger Man because I don't know what else to call him. I saw he just had the orange and white stripes like a Whataburger guy. Uh, I see a ram down there. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah oh, that's, no, that's not a, uh, no, that's not a ram. That's, that's a Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A cow. cow. Yeah, wow. I forgot the Chick-fil-A cow was going to be in this. 
If you want me and uh, Jaren to take over, if you uh, head down there now, you might be Get able to race with them. They, dude, if they, if they asked me to, to do mascot, I so would. I think I'd be pretty good well, at it. Well, we can call you the mascot of uh, KFNY Sports. <laughs> I see a, a bear over there. That's brown. And then brown the, yeah, the brown, bears. Yeah, brown bears. That means there's probably a warrior somewhere from Warren. I think I saw a warrior-looking dude uh, earlier. He's probably down there stretching somewhere. Oh, there's there, a tooth. There's from a tooth, yeah. We have somebody that's the mighty, you know, mighty like teeth. The, the mighty, yeah. <laughs> a jet sweep around the left side. That's Aaron Rodeau, and he'll have maybe a gain of a yard, maybe two, before he gets dropped by a host of Falcons. Poti just took a 38-24 lead over West Mesquite. Wow. That's I a so they're up. Um, if uh, Roy City ends up losing, Poti will. West Mesquite will still, uh, or Lovejoy could actually miss the playoffs now if Poteet keeps the lead because they're up by 14. I think they only need uh, 12 wow. points. And Roy City wins. Yeah, remember, Roy right, City remember. wins, and Poteet wins by more than 11, did you say, or 12? Uh, 12 or more. 12 or more. Wow, that's it would be and a I turn, too. That would be a turn of events. If you remember, before the game, I explained just how much of a disaster it would have to be for Lovejoy to miss. Speaking and Cable of Anderson <laughs> is going to be dropped in the backfield for a big sack. That's Willie Thomas and Cliff Funderburk, it looked like getting back there to team up for that one. Cliff Funderburg got invited to the Army Combine as well. Big big deal for him. So that will cause the Jackrabbits to bring the punt team out onto the field as they face a fourth and 15. And Corey Mayfield Jr. standing inside his own 40-yard line ready to return this one. Of course, the Falcons look like they might come out to block. Now they're going to drop back, and they almost get back there anyways, but we are going to have a flag on the play for roughing the kicker, which will be an automatic first down for the Jackrabbits. The, the punter is still slow to get up. And I think it just that snap was pretty high, and it took a while for the punter to bring it down. And the North Forney guys, it wasn't anything intentional. They just came in really quick. Collided. And they just looked like it took out his kicking or his plant leg that kind of had got off the ground a little bit in the air, and they came slooping in to uh, to try to block that. They took out that leg because it kind of swept him out from under him, but he looks he's walking off uh, in relatively good condition. And a lot of times a punter will you know will be able to kind of hop over that, but with it the snap a little high and him it taking a little bit longer for him to get the kick off, uh, he was not able to really get a jump to avoid that hit. So that will be roughing the kicker. It's a first down. That means the Jackrabbits offense will stay out on the field. Falcons lead 49 to 19 with 2.25 to play in the third quarter. A score update in 16-5A. Greenville just scored a, or kicked a field goal to uh, lessen their uh, deficit against Mount Pleasant to 11, but there's only four minutes and 30 seconds left, so they're gonna have to really get it going if they wanna win their last game of the year. Anderson takes the snap, draws back, throws. It's complete to Ream. He's across midfield. He's got a gain of seven on the play. Greenville team looks like there's a good chance that North Forney will be in a district with. Am I, am I right next year? With there's the there's potential for it. We don't really know exactly. There's a lot of teams out in this area that are moving up from 4A to 5A. So, well, yeah, there's, really a, there's a host of teams, like you mentioned, that are moving from 4A to 5A, and there's still a group of teams from 5A that will be in that bottom, that second, that lower division of the, of the 5A. So you get you could get any. There's a group of teams that you could probably get a, a different amount from, with it being 
Kaufman being one of them, maybe Terrell, Roy City, Greenville, Sulphur Springs. Crandall, it was one that we mentioned. Crandall was the one game. that we just heard about a little bit too. The pitch out to the left to Austin Ream. He gets up in it for a loss of three. That backs him up to their own 49, making it third and six now for the Jackrabbits. Just for uh, those wondering, the teams that are in their district currently that they will not be in a district with next year are Highland Park, who are moving up to 6A, and then Wiley East. West Mesquite and Poteet are going to be the 5A Division One schools. And all the so. North Forney fans rejoice <laughs> for no more Highland Park. But no more sushi for us up there. Yeah. How, it, it's maybe, maybe that's one of the teams we can schedule in <laughs> the non-district. Maybe during your bye week you can just see if they'll let you in. Anderson throws this one as he was being pressured in the back. We have a flag on the play. He went through the hands of a Jackrabbit receiver and through, then through the hands of two North Forney defenders. We'll see what this flag's going to be. It's in the area of holding. And that's exactly what it's going to be against the Jackrabbits. So what was a was going to be a fourth and six. Let's see if they keep it. That penalty is going to be declined, so it will stay as a fourth and six for the Jackrabbits at their own 49, and they're going to bring the punt team back out onto the field. Uh, a potential uh, North Forney playoff team is a uh, matchup will be against uh, Pine Tree, and Pine Tree actually made the playoffs this year for the first time since 2001. Wow. So this is a big year for them. Wow. That, yeah, that would be an interesting first-round matchup because it's a, such a big year for the Falcons and to face a team that also has such a big year. Of course, the Falcons made the playoffs, what is it, back in 2011, I believe. Yeah, I believe they, they went 10-2 and two total that year. And they, That's back when they were in the, the 3A classification, so it's a little bit different. That's why this year is such a big monumental year as Corey Mayfield calls for the fair catch standing at his own 17-yard line because it's the first year they've made the playoffs as a 5A school, especially in the district that they're in. That's always That always means something. Now, they had a good successful year. I believe it, uh, it was their second year in existence when they went 10-2. and two, that's they, what, Yeah, that's what yeah, we were talking about. Yeah, 10-2. Yeah. and two, and, But that's back when they were in 3A still. Yeah, when they, make the, when they made the jump to 5A, or I think it was actually called was 4A, was 4A when they first started, and then they moved it up. It's like this this area of Texas is so rich with like football talent. You know, uh, like Duncanville is not very far away. All this like South Dallas, uh, just yeah, east of Lancaster's Dallas area, they're really good at football, like and that. it's just a, a a tough place to be dropped into it when you're beginning your program. And that coach that year moved on after that season and went to I think Mansfield Timberview I believe and he's still there I think James Brown is his name he was a coach here that year for the Falcons the first down play the handoff to Rivera goes for no gain second and 10 from their own 17 for the Falcons another handoff actually that looks like Soto Soto darts ahead out to the 25 yard line so we're not seeing much of Nate Miller a little surprising And North Forney won't get another playoff here before the end of the third quarter. But that means it's time for the mascot race. One of my favorite things about the Unity Bowl is calling the mascot race. I think so we all need to put in our picks beforehand. I've got – man, I've got the Warrior. He looks pretty good. I love Jesus and I love chicken, so I'm going to go with the Chick-fil-A cow. I'm going to go with the tooth, I think. The tooth. All right, we got a rabbit, the Chick-fil-A cow. Whataburger Man, the bear, uh, the Tooth Fairy cheerleader-looking girl. It looks like there's a uh, child in there, too. <laughs> a worn a warrior, a tooth, a little kid, and a falcon. There's a jackrabbit. There's a falcon. Yeah, I see those. Two the, little kids. They're at the far end zone on the right side. Come on, two. I believe they'll be racing to the 50-yard line, I believe. 
Yep, they got a Falcon. And they got the Tooth. I don't know what year he's from. They've got the Warrior from Ward Middle School. He looks pretty intense. The Warrior? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm picking him. I think that his little get-up is going to be hard to run in. You don't tell me what you think. I think okay. he can do it. Sorry. <laughs> can I switch? Because the Chick-fil-A looks really uncomfortable. He looks heavy. That thing yeah. looks heavy. I'm, I kind of want to go with Whataburger, man, just because I like his helmet. All right, my dark horse is the Falcon. <laughs> I feel like one of us should have picked the Falcon. <laughs> considering. All right, I'll, I'll switch. I, got, I can switch. I'm going with Falcon. <laughs> Such a homer. <laughs> Such a homer. <laughs> All right, here we go. They're at the starting line. And they're off. Early lead for the Warriors. Should have stuck with them with the Jackrabbits coming out late. The 30. The Warriors got a little bit of a lead on the Falcon. They're going to hit him near the end zone. It's a three-team race. The Falcon, the Warrior, the Jackrabbit, and the Warrior crosses the finish line first. The Jackrabbit in second and the Falcon in third. What a race. It was tight from start to finish all the way to the end. I'm a little disappointed in the tooth effort there. Yeah, well, the tooth has a huge outfit on. <laughs> the the Whataburger guy. Looks comfortable. The Whataburger guy was pretty pretty slow. But I gotta say, I think that was the most enthusiastic I've ever heard Wally call anything. I'm telling you, it's <laughs> one of my favorite things. <laughs> I get that mascot race is. Uh, I could do it again. Let's just get back on this goal line and we'll race back. Maybe the, the Rangers will let you call their dot race. Uh, you know, in the future. You know, maybe. I feel like that gets a little repetitive. You know. <laughs> You got to do it every day. I don't know. You're probably right. <laughs> maybe next year it they'll let me go down there and race in it. This is probably <laughs> so special to you because it only happens it, once yeah, a year. If they did it every game, you this know. Is true. I don't know. Just once, uh, just once a, a year is probably enough. Colby in the offense back out on the field to start the fourth quarter. 49-14 to 14 the lead. And it looks like we're taking the pitcher in the end zone, the far side of the end zone with the mascots, and the ref's like, hey, bruh, get off the field. <laughs> we got a game here, guys. Yeah. And that's what we're waiting on. And it looks like we're about ready to go. Two receivers to the left stacked over each other. They're going to hand it off to Soto. Soto up the middle, breaks the tackle, puts his head down, out to the 35. It was third down and two, and he got almost 10 on the carry. Soto getting the bulk of the work here in the second half. Like Jaron mentioned earlier, we, we yet to see Nate Miller. Soto, we haven't seen much of all year, but he's running pretty hard. He gets a burst at the middle. He's got some room to run across the 50, the 40. One man to beat, 35, the 20, and he gets knocked down, and the ball comes out. Picked up outside the 10-yard line by the Jackrabbits. Across the 20-yard line, and Soto fumbles as he gets to the 10, and the Jackrabbits will take over. Yeah, I, I always sort of tense up when you see a uh, – when you got a running back that has nobody in front of him and you see the defenders kind of catch up a little bit and they kind of – he's got his arms out a little bit thinking he's got it, you know. Yeah, it was a nice play by the defender to come by and just kind of slap that down from behind, kind of strip it out of there. It's a nice run by Soto. He hit the, the, the hole hard. Didn't quite have enough speed to break away from everybody. Maybe that's a play that Calvin or maybe Nate can break away from. It was a nice run all the way until the very end when he had it knocked away. And that will mean that the Jackrabbits – Get the ball back at their own 21-yard line with 11.26 to play in the game as they trail the Falcons 49-19. Campbell Anderson coming back to resume quarterback duties for the Jackrabbits. Again, Devin Rideau was ejected at the end of the first half for the Jackrabbits. Anderson will take the snap. He'll hand it off to Ream. Ream up the middle. Trying to break a tackle. Robbie Robinson gets him, and they're going to blow it dead. This is for forward progress from stopped after a gain of just a yard. 
Robinson's having a great game tonight, really aggressive. Uh, you know, the beginning of the season, he really you know, jumped out really quick and he's really had a good year all year. And I would like to remind everybody, as soon as this game's over, we will have the Soul Man's Barbecue post-game show. And that'll be hosted by Jaron and Hayden as they'll take over for that. I'll run down uh, down on the field, and I'll do actually do some, some interviews with Will and some of the players, and we'll have that up on our sports page, kfnysports.com and up on the KFNY Facebook page. Yeah, Wally's well, a pretty big deal. He gets able to get down there and rub elbows pretty quick. So, uh, so, But you'll get stuck with Hayden and I, and we'll definitely fill you in. We'll know a little bit more about playoff um, opponents by then. Yeah, I'm hoping all the games are finalized by the time this one's over so we can actually run down uh, every single game in the Region 2 bracket. I believe there's eight in the Division 2 Region 2 scene. And we can look ahead maybe to the second-round matchup, too, just a possible matchup. When Granted, we know we're not there yet, but we can kind of look ahead a little bit and just kind of forecast what it would look like if the Falcons do indeed win that first-round matchup. Anderson being pressured in the backfield. He's going to roll out to his right, looks downfield, throws. It's complete at the 30-yard line, steps out of bounds to the receiver. And uh, McKinney North beat Little Elm earlier today, uh, just a few minutes ago, and that uh, solidifies the Colony as a Division II team. So the Colony will play Frisco Lone Star in the first round on the left side of the bracket and on the right. Um, Lake Dallas will play Frisco Reedy. And then, and then if the Falcons are winning there for if the Falcons go in as a number two seed and they uh, win that first round, that they'll play the winner of that game. Yeah, if they're the two seed, they'll play the winner of Reedy Lake Dallas. If they're the top seed, they'll play the winner of Lone Star the Colony. And if you're asking me, I actually think if you're the bottom seed in this situation, you get a little bit of a better draw. We'll have a timeout on the field as the Jackrabbits punt team comes out. It's a timeout taken by the Falcons. It's 49-19 with just 10.41 to play in the game. You're listening to KFNY Sports, True Texas Radio. If your roof is sustained, hail, wind, or any storm damage, call the professional roof experts at Maximum Construction and Restoration. They are experts in roof repair or complete roofing system replacements, and they're locally owned and operated and fully insured. We will be glad to guide you through the insurance claim process. As our customer, you can choose from our wide selection of shingles that are guaranteed to last. Call 469-595-6059 today for your free roof inspection or find us online at MaximumConstructionTX.com. Your roofer is your life. Go Falcons. All right, back at Citibank Stadium for the sixth annual FCA Unity Bowl between the North Forney Falcons and the Forney Jackrabbits. We are in the process of history being made with just 10.41 remaining in the game. North Forney looking to beat the Jackrabbits for the first time since their existence as a school and football program. They are just mere minutes away as they lead 49-14 to over the Jackrabbits who are running a fake punt. And they're going to be, they are going to have the first down. A gain of only about four on the play. Straight ahead run and a direct snap. I think North Forty knew it might be coming. They just couldn't stop it. Over at the Lovejoy-Roy City game, Lovejoy just scored another touchdown. So they're up 28-20 to 20, uh, with two minutes left. So Roy City will probably have one more chance to score. They'll have to get the two-point conversion to force overtime. I don't know, I'm kind of pulling for Roy City in that game just for a spoiler alert, you know. And, not, yep. well, you know, it would give North Forney the number one seed for. And also over in Poteet, West Mesquite, Pote, uh, West Mesquite just scored a touchdown to uh, they're now trailing 38 to 31. 
Anderson takes a snap, rolls out left, throws left. It's complete to Austin Rideau. He'll be near the first down marker, maybe about a yard short. Well, they'll, they'll say he's right at the marker. And they're going to... Nope, we're going to say just a little bit short. Second down. Second down and less than a yard at the 44-yard line. Reminds you about Falcon Spear now. I believe we'll still have that going on uh, for, for the playoffs. So, Soul Man's Barbecue Falcon Spear now on Monday, 6.38.30. 15% of your ticket will go back toward the quarterback club, and playoffs aren't cheap. <laughs> so, uh, I know the, the quarterback club and the Falcons will appreciate anything you might can contribute. And we have a good time, too. And that, that place on last Monday night was packed. Oh, it was packed. incredible. Man, man, it was electric. That was so much fun. Anderson takes the snap, draws back. He's being pressured. He'll have to turn and just launch this one in the air. And Aaron Doe is trying to stay in bounds and hold on to it, but it was just too far outside of his reach. So what was second in less than maybe a foot is now third in a foot. You got Glendale Hazen playing what looks like a, a safety position. For the Falcons, he comes in. He's a guy that's—I uh, think he's going to be a big part of the, this Falcon team next season. He's made some great plays, special teams, offense, and defense this year. Yeah, so many seniors. The senior, this uh, Falcons team is just laden with a bunch of seniors. And yeah, so they'll—they'll they'll be definitely looking for some of these sophomores and juniors to step up next year. And, and De La Haas and, and Mokwa will be just a few of them. Taking the direct snap is Anderson and getting off that block. Is De La Haas. He comes up to make the tackle. Him along with uh, Roby Robinson there. And that's going to be a loss of half a yard on the play. So now it brings up fourth and a yard. Forney's punt team has come out in most situations like this so far tonight. They're in their own territory, ball at their own 43. And they're facing a full yard to go for a first down. They had it at second and a foot. And a couple of those tough. Run-stopping plays from the Falcons' defense now has it at fourth and a yard. Fal uh, the Jackrabbits' offense will stay out on the field. Anderson at quarterback, Bolin as the running back to his left. Two receivers to the right and one to the left. H-back to the left side of the offense. Anderson looking for the snap. He'll take it. He'll keep it up the middle. He's near the first down. I don't think he got it. I think they're going to give it to him, though. This is going to be really close. The officials come running in at the 44-yard line. They need past the 44 so we'll see. It really just depends on exactly where they spot this ball. And they're going to go ahead and give it a first down to the Jackrabbits. That was really, really close. I, I, I thought they gave them a pretty good spot on that, too. 8.56 to play in the fourth quarter. It's 49-19. to 19. Falcons up big. They've uh, Every time they've touched the ball, they scored a touchdown, except for the last possession where they had a big, long run all the way down to the 10 and then fumbled, and the Jackrabbits took over. Of course, we already knew coming into this one that the, 40, or the, the, the North Forney Falcons were going to playoffs. And really, regardless of this uh, game, it, that's still the case. Anderson tries to spin away from a tackle. He'll get a gain of four on the play out to the 48-yard line. Another final in 16-5A, uh, Texas High beats Pine Tree, I believe, 56-13. to So uh, we're waiting on the score of the Mount Pleasant-Greenville game. If Mount Pleasant wins, Pine Tree gets the top seed in 16-5A. If Greenville wins, Sulphur Springs gets the top seed in 16-5A. So if uh, Pine Tree gets the top, or uh, Hallsville, who did you say? Pine Tree. Pine Tree. So if Pi Pine Tree gets that top seed, that's who North Forney will play? Yes. Well, depending on how this Roy City-Lovejoy game comes true, out, true. since it's closer than... And the ball's out! Ball's still rolling on the ground. It looks like Forney got back on top of it. Anderson 
was getting taken down around the line of scrimmage. He lost the ball. And Forney able to jump back on top of it. It looked like it went with through Willie Thomas's legs. He couldn't get his hands down there quick enough. Okay, so for me, not for everybody else, or maybe for everybody else out there, for me, run through that scenario one more time, Hayden. I'll uh, try to pay attention better this time. If Mount Pleasant beats Greenville, which it looks like they're going to, uh, Pine Tree will be the top seed. Sulphur Springs will be the bottom seed. If uh, Greenville beats, comes back and beats Mount Pleasant, then Sulphur Springs will be the top seed, and Pine Tree will be the bottom seed. So as it stands right now, and if Lovejoy also wins like they are, they're winning right now, North Forney would play Pine Tree. Pine Tree. Okay. Thrown out to the right sideline, the left sideline. Nearest us, and it's incomplete from Anderson, and that'll force a fourth and ten, and the Forney punt team will come out onto the field. It's going to be interesting if uh, North Forney does play Pine Tree because there's, it's a, a lot greater distance than uh, what it would be if they played uh, Greenville or uh, Sulphur Springs. So we might have a, a little bit of travel on our hands next week. Probably just down out 20, though, so yeah. it won't be too bad. That's my hood. <laughs> I think it's worse going the other way. Yeah, traffic-wise at least. Yeah, that's where I'm going to have to go after this one. And we'll see if Hayden will join us as this punt bounces inside the 25, continues to bounce all the way inside the 10, inside the 5, rolling to the 3, the 2, the 1. They'll stop it right inside the 1-yard line. So North 40's offense will be backed up all the way inside their 1. 6.43 to play in the fourth quarter. Of course, once again, as soon as this game is over, we will go to the Soul Man's Barbecue post-game show. That'll be hosted by Jaron and Hayden. They'll take you through the rest of this one and set you up for next week. Of course, like Jaron already mentioned, join us for Soul Man's Falcon Spirit Night. Of course, that's at Soul Man's Barbecue, 590 Pinson Road, right across from Brookshire's on Monday night, 6.30 to 8.30. We had an electric Soul Man's Spirit Night, Falcon Spirit Night last Monday. Let's, let's do it again this Monday. And, of course, be on the lookout for Talent Talk. Uh, last week we sat down, or we I say sit down, we stood with Coach Jackson, although it looked like I was sitting down <laughs> as much taller as he is than yeah, I am. If you haven't watched the talent talk, you need to just to see the size difference between uh, Andrew and Coach Jackson. Hand off to Nate Miller up the middle. He does get a couple yards of room for the Falcons offense out to the five-yard line. And, of course, once again next week, no matter who we play, where we play, if you can't make it out to the game or even if you can, Feel free to join in. We'll be right here on KFMY Sports. It's True Texas Radio. You can download the app on iTunes or Google Play. Or, like I said, if you're old school, you can just go to KFMYsports.com. You can listen to us there. Pre-game, uh, the game starts at 7.30. Pre-game will be at 7 and kick off at 7.30. It might even be a Thursday game, depending on who we play and where we play. Hand off to Soto. He gets across the five-yard line, gets tripped up as he gets to the seven. And that will bring up third down and four. Under six to play in the fourth quarter. Falcons lead 49 to 19. Colby and the offense still out on the field. Looking to convert this third down as they've done all game long. Another handoff to Soto. He's got the first down across the 10 yard line out to the 14 and that'll move the chains for the Falcons. Now we see Nate Miller coming back on the field. Soto hustling off. So these younger guys are getting some reps. Colby still in the shotgun. Two receivers to the left stacked on top of each other and a receiver out to the right. And Chiapuzio is the H-back now on the left side. Miller will take the handoff, spins away from tackle within a nice hit after that from a 40 defender. And he'll get back to the line of scrimmage, does Nate. 
We haven't seen as much of that H-back setup as we usually do, especially against West Mesquite last week. Second down and nine from their own 15 for the Falcons. Kobe takes a snap, hands it off to Nate Miller. Miller trying to get around the left side, breaks a tackle, gets knocked down from behind. It'll have a gain of four out to the 24. We just had a, a pretty good team get sent to the Division II bracket in Region Two, and that's uh, Waxahachie. They were waiting on the score of uh, Mansfield Summit and Mansfield Timberview. Summit won, so that sends Waxahachie to the D2 bracket, which isn't a team that uh, North Forney would be looking at in the near future, but that's definitely a like a contender for uh, the Region Two championship. They're pretty good. And we've got a looks like a Forney player down on the field. So we will take a step away. 4.32 remaining in the fourth quarter. It's 49-14 Falcons lead. We're listening to KFNY Sports True Texas Radio. As temperatures cool, call Forney Air. Your hometown independent American Standard Air Customer Care dealer is here to make sure you stay comfortable. No matter the temperature outside, Forney Air can help. Give them a call at 214-924-9745 to schedule an appointment and let their expert technicians keep your system in tip-top condition. That number once again is 214-924-9745. That's Forney Air at 214-924-9745 or find them online at forneyairandheat.com. Four thirty-two left in the fourth quarter. The injured Jackrabbit player being helped off the field. Yeah, he looks like he got shaken up pretty bad on that. Barely, not really using his own strength at all. It's number twenty. Twenty-two. It looks like. And we that have is excuse me, uh, Donovan Graham, senior linebacker for the Jackrabbits. We have our uh, last final score in 16-5A, and uh, quite a big upset as Mount Pleasant beat Greenville 34-17, which means Pine Tree is the top seed of 16-5A, and Sulphur Springs is the bottom seed. We're waiting on the score of the Lovejoy-Roy City game to figure out who North Forney will go against. If Lovejoy wins, North Forney will play uh, Pine Tree, if they if uh, Lovejoy loses to Roy City, then they'll play Sulphur Springs. Hand off up to Miller to Nate Miller spins away from a tackle, still on his feet, breaks another one across the 20-yard line, trying to use a stiff arm near the the first down marker, but maybe a yard or two short, and that'll bring it fourth down. And I'd imagine the Falcons punt team will come out onto the field. So is it still a eight-point spread for the Lovejoy? Roy the, City game? Actually, the Lovejoy game just went final. Lovejoy wins 28-20. to 20, So next week, the North Forney Falcons will take on the Pine Tree Pirates in a matchup where uh, both teams haven't been a playoff team in quite some time. So they're both going to be motivated to make some school history. Now, what, what would be the better matchup, uh, from your opinion, I guess the easier matchup for the Falcons? Would it have been Sulphur Springs or is it Pine Tree? I know Pine Tree beat Sulphur Springs, but in East, the East Texas football, it's a lot more. There's a lot more parity involved. You know, they all beat up on each other. Um, but I believe, uh, I believe Sulphur Springs, even though they lost us, lost to um, Pine Tree, I believe Sulphur Springs is the better team. Uh, I believe Pine Tree only had. I think they finished the year. They either finished three and seven or four and six, but they won their district games, and that's what sent them to the playoffs. Well, and two, Sulphur Springs is a team that's pretty accustomed to playoffs. 
and even going all the way. Pine Tree's not, so that might be something where, uh, the, you know, it goes both ways with atmosphere. Sometimes when you've never been there before, you really, uh, you know, take advantage of that, or sometimes it kind of um, overshadows you a little bit. And I think that's a good thing for North Florida to get to play a team that's kind of new to the playoffs too. It's someone that's kind of on their same playing field as they uh, prepare to take on. Because if they win, they're going to have to take on teams that are in the playoffs quite frequently in Lake Dallas. Uh, Reedy's a new school, but they're pretty good this year. I believe if they finish the year 9-1, and one, they, uh, they didn't, Reedy didn't have exactly the toughest schedule, but um, their one loss coming to uh, Frisco Lone Star, who's a who's one of the better teams in the state of Texas, let alone this region. Well, Colby will, in the offense, will go for it on fourth down. Colby will keep it, and he's going to pull the defender <laughs> with him across the 25-yard line to the 26, which would be good enough for a first down. And I'll move the chains and keep the clock rolling as we're under three and a half minutes to play. I'd just like to point out that West Mesquite is a minute away from missing the playoffs, which is quite the turnaround from where they were last week. Yeah, going into the uh, the North Forney game, they were number two in the district. Their only district loss being to uh, <laughs> to the Highland Park Scots. And then all of a sudden, just within basically a span of one week, a whole week, they're about to miss out on playoffs. And, and that's going to be really weird as we have a gain of two on the play from the handoff up the middle. Like from They were a top ten team, and yeah, they're still a top fifteen team probably in the area. Yeah, from an outsider's view, I really thought that West Mesquite was the second best team in this district. I think North Forney uh, proved me wrong last week because the way they were really able to uh, hang with them and even beat them. Uh, but uh, West Mesquite losing—they had one of the most—they the, uh, had a premier defense in the state of Texas, and I'm su I'm really surprised that this happened to them. Well, I think it just goes to show you that rivalry games—you never know what happens, you know. And also, you could tell last week the wind was really sucked out of the cell of that West Mesquite team. The quarterback for the team. You stayed on the 10-yard line even while they were turning the lights off. And so I think that really uh, had impacted them. Hand off to Miller around, around the left tackle. He'll have the first down out to the 37-yard line. That'll move the chains once again. That's going to eat up clock, and this should might be the last set of downs for the game. 49-14 to to score. Jaron, I'm going to go ahead and turn this one over to you so I can go ahead and head down on the field. So you all have fun. As, as soon as the game's over, don't forget to stick around for with Jaron and Hayden for the Soul Man's Barbecue postgame show. I will see you all out Monday night at Soul Man's Barbecue for Falcon Spirit Night. And, of course, next Thursday or Friday, depending on when we play, for the round one of the Texas State 5A Division Two or, yeah, Division Two playoffs. So we'll take this one last snap here from Colby. He'll hand it off up the middle to Miller, and he'll fall ahead for a gain of almost three. I'll turn this one over to Jaden, or to Jaden. That's the mix between Jaren and yeah. Aiden. It's our, our, it's our, basically, it is Jaden, a mix between Jaren and Aiden. relationship name. Hand this one over to Jaren and Hayden, and I will see you guys next week. So those guys will send you the rest of the way as the Falcons lead 49-19 over the Jackrabbits in the sixth FCA Unity Bowl. It'll be second down eight to go for the Falcons as the clock ticking past a minute here. Play clock down to 12. The Falcons getting in no rush to get the ball snapped here. So just a couple of plays away from defeating the Jackrabbits for the first time in school history. Handoff to Nate Miller. Comes on the right side. He's able to escape a tackle. He's brought down after a gain of about six. You know, I'm really surprised that uh, Coach Jackson elected to leave some of his uh, his premier athletes out there the entire way, even though this game hasn't been in question. But that, I think that's a testament to that. He wanted to keep the momentum going. He didn't want to... 
I don't think he wanted any of his players to have to take a rep off. Well, if you follow this team all season, I tell you, and that's just characteristic of him, you know, and he told Wally that in talent talk. As it's third down four to go, Kobe's going to kneel it, and it looks like the Falcons have defeated the Jackrabbits of Forney for the first time in school history. And I tell you, that visitor sideline here at Seabank Stadium is ecstatic as both teams are meeting in the middle to shake hands. And I tell you, good job, Falcons, for defeating the Jackrabbits of Forney by a score of 49-19 here at Seabank Stadium. We'll take a break, and when we come back, on the Soul Man's Barbecue Postgame Show here on KFNY Sports, True Texas Radio. just want to get away or celebrate an event well look no further christy lynn travel can help you achieve those dreams and help you make memories that will last you a lifetime christy lynn travel is a full service travel agency right here in forney but her five-star service has her servicing clients from all over the country so don't try to do it all yourself take your travel needs to the expert who will take care of you christy lynn travel call 469-878-4248 or email christy at christylynntravel.com if your roof is sustained, hail, wind, or any storm damage, call the professional roof experts at Maximum Construction and Restoration. They are experts in roof repair or complete roofing system replacements, and they're locally owned and operated and fully insured. We will be glad to guide you through the insurance claim process. As our customer, you can choose from our wide selection of shingles that are guaranteed to last. Call 469-595-6059 today for your free roof inspection, or find us online at MaximumConstructionTX.com. Your roofer is your life. Go Falcons! You are listening to the home of North Forney Falcons football, KFNY, True Texas Radio. Welcome back, folks. Jaron and Hayden here, where the Falcons of North Forney just defeated the Jackrabbits of Forney in the 2017 FCA Unity Bowl by a score of 49 to 19. First time in school history for the Falcons to defeat the Jackrabbits. And I tell you, they are excited, but as the team con will constantly say and say a lot that this game is now behind them, they are looking ahead. And yes, they are looking ahead to the playoffs where it looks like they will take on Longview Pine Tree. And we'll talk about that game in a minute. But first, we do want to kind of go over this game and go over some stats for you. Total offense for the Falcons, 522 total yards, 25 first downs, 306 total yards for the Jackrabbits, 18 first downs. For North Forney, 295 of those were in the air. Uh, no interceptions thrown. Uh, completions 12 for 18. Jordan Carroll did throw one of those. So Kobe was 11 for 17 on the ground. North Forney had 227 yards, a bulk of those, really about 180 of those coming the second half as they kept the ball on the ground for the majority of that second half to keep the clock going. As far as individual leaders, Kobe Suits, 281 yards through the air, four touchdowns. Jordan Carroll had that one pass to Kobe Suits, 14 yards for a touchdown on the ground. Calvin Rivera had 87 yards, one touchdown. Jacob Soto, the sophomore running back, had 87 yards, no touchdowns. Nate Miller, 31 yards, bulk of those coming in the fourth quarter. Kobe Suits, 17 yards on the ground, one touchdown. Corey Mayfield Jr., five yards on the ground. Now receiving-wise, just an incredible game for several guys. Jordan Carroll, senior goon, led the way. 112 yards, two touchdowns. Jackson Ennels, he had 
63 yards. Corey Mayfield Jr., 41 yards, one touchdown. Jaden Barral, 39 yards, one touchdown. Barclay Ford, 26 yards. And Kobe Suits, of course, with that 14-yard reception in the end zone and one touchdown. So, again, just a really pretty incredible effort there by the Falcons. They had control of the game most of the game. Uh, you know, now the Jackrabbits didn't go away, and even in the second half, they definitely still showed that they were staying alive as much as they could, you know, losing Devin Rideau. Uh, now, so now the Falcons are getting presented a really cool-looking Unity Bowl trophy, and I tell you, that is one excited squad there. I mean, this means a lot. You know, we've talked a lot through this broadcast about how much this these rivalry games mean, and you got bragging rights, you got things like that. But uh, for these North Forney Falcons, always kind of being, I guess, a little brother, you know, the new school. You being know, picked this, on for so long. <laughs> being picked on for so long. It is um, exciting for them. And just uh, this is a continuation of just such a special, special year. So excited for the Falcons. Again, a good win over the Crosstown Rivals of Forney Jackrabbits. Now, Hayden, this was your first time to get to lay eyes on this North Forney team. Tell us a little bit about what you thought and what did it live up to the expectations you had before you arrived here at City yeah, well, Stadium? Yeah, well, going into the game, I knew that, like, I keep track of all the scores and stuff from all throughout the state of Texas, and I know that North Forney has the number one scoring offense in the state of Texas. They had around 54 points per game, which is, which is unreal. Uh, so I knew they were going to be able to put points on the board, and I, I was I was a little bit surprised. I shouldn't have been because I know how how much they score. I shouldn't have been surprised at how aggressive they were. Like I wasn't like I think they went for two on their first uh, score of the game, and that oh, yeah. kind of surprised me. But I, I shouldn't have been because I watched Talent Talk, and I heard Coach Jackson say that that's what he does. So, but um, something that I was looking uh, looking into before the game, and I talked about it, and I was like, this uh, North Forney defense hasn't hasn't always been, you know. They've given up a lot of points throughout the year. I said, like, they were the uh, – out of the teams that had clinched the playoffs, they had given up the most points per game, which isn't a very good stat. But when you have the number one offense in the state, it's something that you have a little bit of leeway um, and you're able to win more games. Um, but I wanted to see how they do against a team that they should be able to shut down, you know. And giving up 19 was pretty good. Um, I think uh, a lot of the skeptics out there that, you know, people not – I know the North Forney fans, you know, they believe in North Forney, but a lot of people outside, they see North Forney's offense, they, they say this team is really good, but I don't know how they're going to do uh, later on and if if they go deep into the playoffs when they start playing these really good defenses if you're not able to also uh, be able to stop the opponent from scoring. Um, but, again, I will say, you know, and that's interesting, and we said it during the broadcast that um, I, I do think you have uh, some outlier scores there, especially early on, and I think one – a game that really kind of skews that average is that game against Wiley East to open yeah. district play where Wiley East came in and scored 65 mm -hmm. uh, points. Then you also go to the Roy City game where 14 of those points, uh, of Roy City's points were scored in the last probably five minutes of the game mm -hmm. when you had the second string in. Yeah, and even this game, guys. and even this game, they had a, I believe they had a, like a, not a miracle touchdown, but kind of sort of a Hail Mary touchdown where they just heaved it up there at the end of the first half and, the receiver made a great play, and it could very easily easily be 49-12 uh, be the final score. Um. And I think also, too, is, you know, we've talked about it a lot because I think it really impacted this defense was the switch of the 4-3. And, again, you know, they're not married to it. We saw them go. They had some three down, uh, you know, some three, four plays tonight, and they even mm -hmm. went to a 4-2-5 some tonight. So, you know, they 
moved their uh, their schemes around a little bit, but when they moved that four down lineman, I think it it really made them more comfortable because they were having issues, especially with guys um, that that were able to get quick laterally from left to right. So that really allowed them to contain those type of guys. Someone like Curtis Williams that they took on in West Mesquite last week, they were able to contain him and hold him to quite a few less yards than he had uh, so far uh, through the season. So again. You're right. You know, it does definitely perk your eyes a little bit. But after seeing this Falcon defense, and, hey, we saw them make some great stops tonight. So, um, you know, I, I think they will bode well as they go deep into the playoffs. So uh, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the playoffs. Hayden's got uh, pretty much the whole Region 2 bracket, Division 2, Region 2 bracket set up. So we'll talk about some of those uh, opponents and, then, of course, talk a little bit about Longview Pine Tree. I've got their stats pulled up. And so then we will maybe look into the, the further rounds just to kind of see what the scope of it is. So you're listening to the Soul Man's Barbecue Post Game Show here on KFY Sports, True Texas Radio. We'll be back in just a moment. Rich, juicy smoked meats. That's the great taste of Texas. For over 40 years, Soul Man's Barbecue has been doing Texas proud. Serving mouth-watering ribs, beef, and sausage nestled up to our mama's sides. Or try our new Soul Bowl, Frito pie that's locked and loaded with smoked pork, sausage, beans, and more. Come in and get your soul full. Soul Man's Barbecue. With 15 Metroplex locations. Soulmans.com. Conveniently located in Terrell, Texas, Award Music has been serving DFW for more than 15 years. They're known for friendly hometown service, sales, rentals, and especially their repairs. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff has experience in repairing a wide range of instruments, and they work hard to get your student back on the field and back in the studio in no time. Call today at 972-524-9995 to see how Award Music can serve you. Once again, that number is 972-524-9995 or find them online at awardmusic.com. As temperatures cool, call Forney Air. Your hometown independent American Standard Air Customer Care dealer is here to make sure you stay comfortable. No matter the temperature outside, Forney Air can help. Give them a call at 214-924-9745 to schedule an appointment and let their expert technicians keep your system in tip-top condition. That number once again is 214-924-9745. That's Forney Air at 214-924-9745 or find them online at ForneyAirAndHeat.com. Hey, y'all, this is Will Riggs, and I want to tell you about Young Ideas, your dish-authorized retailer. At Young Ideas, they believe in the power of listening. They believe it so much that Dish is the first TV provider to partner with another great listener, Amazon Alexa. Now, you can easily tell Alexa to do things like find your favorite show, search for movies, or play your team's game without ever touching a remote. To learn more, call Young Ideas today at 903-560-9150. We're local and tuned in to you. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Young Ideas at 903-560-9150. You are listening to the home of North Forney Falcons football, KFNY, True Texas Radio. Welcome back, folks. Jaron and Hayden. Again, Hayden's joining us tonight. He's with uh, Texas 5A Sports Twitter account. Definitely check them out. Follow him. He's got some great information. He follows um, really the whole state and also does Texas 6A Sports, too, I believe. And, and we got a, we got basketball season, season starting next week, and I'll be covering that, too. Awesome. So definitely, if you want to stay in tune for all sports, Texas 5A, Texas 6A, Check him out, but glad to have him here tonight. He's uh, kind of an encyclopedia, like we call him. He don't like us Whoa. to call him that, but uh, he has definitely been a great resource to have tonight for sure. So, 
Hayden, uh, give us a little bit um, about uh, what you know from Pine Tree, and I've got some stats on them, so we can uh, we'll talk a little bit more, digest them a little bit more. But how they compared through a really even district 16-5A this year? Yeah, well, I don't know a lot about Pine Tree. You know, I'm from Fort Worth. I usually stick to I I get to see a lot of the schools out in that area. Uh, but I have all their scores listed. They started off the year 0-4, uh, uh, losing a couple of close games to Jacksonville, who hasn't, who wasn't all that great this year. I believe they missed the playoffs in 17-5A. Uh, they lost a close one to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a pretty good program. Yeah. Uh, they lost 23-27. to And then they got uh, beat pretty bad by the Kilgore Bulldogs in their third game, 64-28. Uh, to uh, Kilgore's got a really good program, uh, 4A. Uh, they also lost to the Henderson Lions in a close one. Henderson's also a really good program out in East Texas. And then their first win of the year actually came against uh, Sulphur Springs, which is a team we thought we might be uh, playing in the first round. They won 55-47. to 47. Um, uh, A similar opponent that they have is Mount Pleasant. We got uh, North Forney got to play Mount Pleasant. They beat them pretty good. When they played Mount Pleasant at home, they were able to beat them, but only by a score of 31-21. to 21. Um, They also... they. One of the probably one of their best games they played is actually in a loss. They play, played the Marshall Mavericks really close last week and lost uh, 17 to 28. Um, you know, even though they have a three and seven record, it's easy to look past them. But I don't think you can do that in the playoffs, and especially uh, these East Texas programs. They call it uh, Beast Texas football for a reason. They're physical and they're you know they're ready to play. So um, yeah, I think it's real interesting, and we talked about it earlier. Uh, you know, when you go into East Texas, you see typically you see a lot on the ground. Um, in some schools in East Texas, you'll see a lot of options, uh, you know, you know, option play and that type of thing. Looking at uh, Longview Pine Tree's stats, uh, fairly balanced. They've got 629 total passing yards and then 1,826 rushing yards. So a fairly balanced. They average 202 rushing yards per game and they uh, uh, average 181 passing yards per game so um, you know a fairly balanced offense something that you know the Falcons have seen extremes on both all year you know they've seen a triple option from Carrollton Creekview they've seen a very ex- well executed passing game from Highland Park they've seen dominant running backs in Corbin Johnson and Curtis Williams and then they saw a you know prolific uh, quarterback that does a lot of options tonight in Devin Rideau so they've seen a, a very wide range of you know of um, types of offenses because you know you know the offense is going to score for North Forney. You know yeah. they're going to put up points. So again, as we mentioned, you know our question is, you know, how is the defense going to stack up? So again, mm-hmm. it looks like the defense will be fine. Uh, I think the defense will uh, will definitely be fine early in the early rounds of the playoffs. If they, I think they'll be able to, I think they could play Pine Tree pretty well. But uh, uh, going into the next round of the playoffs, they would uh, be matched up with the winner of the Lake Dallas Falcons and the Reedy Lions, and they have uh, much better offenses than I believe Pine Tree does. Uh, so that's going to be like their—I don't want to say first true test because you know you can't look past next week. I can look past next week. I'm not associated with anybody, but uh, in my opinion, I believe uh, Lake Dallas is a team that um, uh, North Forney needs to be looking at a lot closer. I know Reedy finished nine and one. They didn't exactly have the toughest schedule because they're a relatively new program, uh, similar to North Forney. They didn't uh, schedule the toughest non-district uh, schedule, so I, th- I believe they played um, Eaton. Uh, I can actually pull it up. 
Well, while, while you're doing that, you know, Lake Dallas is a program that's been around a while, you know, been successful for a while. When I was in high school, we traveled and played Lake Dallas in around one of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's a team that is accustomed to playing well and has been successful in the playoffs, made good runs. So uh, definitely a team that's been there before, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I believe they missed the playoffs last year for the first time in a, in a long time. I know the year before they went, I believe they went as far as the region final. So, again, uh, you really never can tell, especially over here in the Metroplex, you know, in these, these early regions. Uh, there's such good football over here. So, so it looks like the Falcons of North Forney will be taking on the Pirates, I believe, right? Yeah, the Pine Tree Pirates. So, again, um, military marching band, or they used to be. You know, mm-hmm. we, we face them in, in marching competitions a lot uh, when I was in high school. So, uh, w- as soon as we find out as far as where, because, you know, now with it being Longview Pine Tree, mm-hmm. who knows the talks? You know, we kind of had a feeling with Sulphur Springs, but with mm-hmm. it being Longview Pine Tree, uh, still will probably be a neutral site and probably mm-hmm. will be a little bit further down. Um, I twenty. Yeah. My guess would be Tyler area. Yeah, before the game, I mentioned Lindale. I thought that was an idea or a potential location, but um, knowing now that John Tyler and uh, Robert E. Lee High School out in Tyler missed the playoffs, that I believe the Tyler Rose Stadium is is going to be a uh, uh, vacated or there's nobody going to be playing there this week. Uh, so that could be a potential uh, location for this North Forney Pine Tree game. It's a. Wa- I don't know how Coach Jackson feels about traveling that far, but uh. It's a it's a nice stadium. It's a good stadium to have your. Uh, it's a it. I, it's definitely a stadium you go to and you feel special playing there. Well, again, that most of that should be worked out tomorrow. So as soon as we find out, we will let you guys know on our KFNY Sports um, Twitter page and also KFNY Sports and True Texas Radio Facebook page. We'll keep you posted. Join us Monday for Falcon Spear Night at Solman's Barbecue. It's going to be a great time, especially uh, with it being our first ever Falcon Spear Night in the playoffs. So that will be an incredible time. We'll be able to sit down with the players, uh, some of the coaches, hopefully, and have a good time. And 15% of your ticket there at Solman's will go back to the quarterback club. We'll also hope to have another episode of Talent Talk next week as well. So for Wally and Will, who are on the sideline. If, if you don't mind, can I run yeah, through the oh bracket sure, yeah, real quick? Oh, yeah, it's yeah, going to yeah, be quick. Yeah, I just yeah, want to go I'll, through the entire you do that real quick. Region yeah, sure. 2 bracket. So on the left side of the bracket, uh, we have the Everman Bulldogs taking on the Waxahachie Indians. And they'll play the winner of the Dallas ISD matchup between South Oak Cliff and Seagaville. And then uh, in the also on the left side, the lower side, Lone Star, Frisco Lone Star, will be taken on the Colony, and they'll play the winner of Lovejoy Sulphur Springs. Uh, heading over to the right side of the bracket, which is the side North Forney's on, we have Mansfield Legacy, who I believe is probably the favorite, uh, the favorite to win this whole region. They'll be taking on the Burleson Elks, and they'll play the winner of the Dallas ISD matchup between uh, Woodrow Wilson and uh, the Kimball Knights. Um, and then, as we talked about, the bottom, the bottom right part of the bracket is Lake Dallas versus Reedy facing the winner of uh, the KFNY game between North Forney and Pine Tree. Again, we are excited and we will for sure be bringing the game to you uh, wherever it will be from. We'll be there, Lord willing. So uh, we'll definitely be bringing the action for those of you that cannot travel. We'll be bringing that game to you live. So for Wally and Will who are on the sidelines and Hayden and I up here in the booth, thanks for listening in to the North Forney Falcons defeat of the Forney Jackrabbits on the 2017 FCA Unity Bowl. You are listening in live here on KFY Sports, True Texas Radio. Good night, folks.